Welcome to Film Yak. I am John. I'm Kevin. And today, Jordan is not with us. And it's a very exciting and strange time in our lives. Yeah. <laughs> in lieu of Jordan, we decided to ask our good friend Jonathan to be on the show. Jonathan? Hi. That's him. <laughs> and uh, we're going to uh, talk about movies today. That's right. Like always, we've Sounds got a great deep dive discussion of Point Break coming your way. Yeah. In addition to other things we watched and other lively banter. So, how's it going, guys? It's going pretty good. Although, I gotta say, it is absolutely hilarious that we... Normally, we would record this podcast every Thursday... But we decided, well, that might not quite work, so we're going to start doing Mondays from now on. So this was going to be the first Monday that we were recording. So Monday rolls around, can't do it. Tuesday rolls around, can't do it. And here we are Wednesday, and our co-host has to stay home with his family because they are sick. Unbelievable. Uh, it is. A, it's crazy. And he really wanted to reschedule for tomorrow. Yeah, especially after why I why huh? can't you do it tomorrow? Because he has some kind of program that he's in charge of or uh, something. Is yeah, right? uh, he is it his? Oh, isn't it writing night? thing or whatever? I think so. Yes. So he can't. Uh, he could, well, he could do it, but only till five. And after I told him you were you were going to be on Jonathan, uh, he said, uh, "Well, I, oh, I really want to talk about Point Break too. Maybe we could do it tomorrow and have Jonathan as a guest." And I was like, "Well, if we do it tomorrow and we have four of us." Show's going to go even longer. Yeah. And we're going to be on time crunch, which is ridiculous. So we're just going to record tonight, and Jordan can tell us about He can overdub it. Break. That's right. He yeah, can overdub it. Very good idea. Yeah. Great we'll just idea. do, like, you know, breaks. Absolutely, yeah. Let's yeah. just give him one right now. That's enough. Okay, so <laughs> that was a great comment, Jordan. I, I agree. Uh, yes. So... I wanted to take a minute to remind everybody that we have a blog as well as a website. Yes. Uh, if you go to filmyakpodcast.com uh, and go to the bottom of the page, there's a blog that you can click on, and we, we try to keep it updated regularly. Uh, in the last few weeks, uh, I have posted uh, a blog post. Kevin here has posted a blog post. We've got our top tens on there, and I just uh, posted my review of uh, Super Dark Times today. So feel free to go check that out. Um, anything else we need to mention about that? Let's see. Should we wait for the feedback a little later, or you want to get to that? Yeah. Now? Well, now we'll wait for the feed. We're going to do the feedback. We're going to do it in order, like we would. Sounds good. If Jordan were here, sounds good. Okay. So, because he's listening, exactly at this very moment. You well, know, not at this the room moment, but no, his soon. his ears are burning at home. Oh, and I, it's, see. And it's, I see. And it's not fever. You know, right? It might be at this point. Cause he's uh, that's true. Sick people all day. That's true. Um, okay, well, I'm uh, ready to get along to what we watched, if you guys are. Sure am. Sure. So why don't we give our, our guest here first How first, far back do you want me to first go? First go. Uh, well, we and usually, how many do you usually do? We go for a week, a but week? I don't know how many that gives you, because I know that you're not um, as prolific as some watchings. But I think you watched a couple of things in the last week, huh? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go back a little further and talk That's about fine. Um when the Criterion sale was going on, I got L'Argent. L'Argent. Bresson's L'Argent. Yeah. yeah, and I was really like, I heard some things about him, like his the acting is really stilted and stuff. And he uses non oh, he, and he, yeah. he uses non actors, and he and he directs them that way because he does. Yeah, there's no emotion. Yeah, in his films. The, everyone who says that is on the money. Like it's yeah. like really, 
Is this your jarring. first Brisson? Yeah, this film? is the first one oh, I've okay. ever seen. Yeah. It was really good though. Like um, the story is really good. It's about a guy who uh, just gets he's in the wrong place at the wrong time, and uh, he gets caught with a counterfeit bill, goes to prison, and terrible things happen to him and everyone around him. A little prison sex tool. No, no. no. Did they play that song in the movie? No. <laughs> like, what is this, like, 1984? <coughs> 1983? But, uh, no, it's really good, though. Um, it's just, it's really, really dark. It gets pretty dark towards the end. I was mm. under the impression that it followed the counterfeit note. It, it See, I, I did, too, at the beginning. Um, but it kind of just stops with, with the main character. Oh, I, I, sounds, think, I think it trades maybe two hands. Mm, yeah. Uh, but it's pretty good. I think it's based on a. I don't know what it's. It's based on a novel. Also, Carl Largent. No. I don't remember what it is, but I'm uh, sorry. Hmm. Give Listeners it a four at out of home, five. You have Google. Feel free to look that novel name up. Yeah. Give it a four out of five. It was pretty good. Sweet. Um, We're gonna. We take turns. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. Cool. Uh, Kevin. John, weren't you? saying something a while back or maybe it was Jordan one of you guys were talking about a movie that like followed a bullet from the time it was made until that's it ended the, up uh, in somebody that's at the beginning that's the opening credit sequence of Lord of War okay the, uh, <clears throat> Andrew Nichol uh, Nicholas Cage Jared Leto uh, okay. action thriller uh, hmm. political thing whatever it's he's like a gun dealer and when was right. this made? Like 2010 or something. It's a real piece of shit. Okay. So, but yeah, that opening sequence is, <laughs> I think that that opening sequence got a lot of pre- press whenever it happened because it it's right. interesting. But Wait, it, what does it do? It follows? Oh, it's just like, it follows the bullet from uh, from like, it's like they show it like being made in a factory. Oh, like, okay, okay. Thrown into like a bucket of bullets and then like they polish it and like they put it in like a, a clip and then you, you see where it goes. It goes to like these like Somalian fighters or whatever, and they wow or some mm. Somali fighters. I don't know, whatever. Yeah. Anyways, and they shoot somebody in the head with it. <laughs> it's not. It's not as interesting as it sounds. It was back then, but now it's just kind of like eh, doesn't mm. hold up. So, well, uh, I watched Way of the Gun. Okay, yeah, um, this is what I uh, assigned to you to watch last. That's week right. Yes. After I beat your ass in trivia. <laughs> that's right. Okay. He did and. <laughs> Like, I, I listened to the episode the other day, and I kicked myself. Like, how could I have said that? There was never a trumpet. It was always the flute. It was always the flute. It was I always was confused the flute. that you thought, although I haven't seen, I've only seen the first film, American yeah, Pie yeah, yeah. is what we're talking about. Yeah. About, about, yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, it happens. Uh, yeah, I thought um, I thought Benicio Del Toro was great. Like, I'm, Isn't he? I'm, yeah. I want to watch more of his movies because, yeah. like, he's he's one of those guys who I feel like has kind of gone under the radar, like, w- you know, fairly well-known, but not given the credit that he deserves for being yeah. as good as he is. What's weird is that he, like, he won the Oscar, and then it's like he didn't do a movie, it felt like, for, like, five years. You've you seen know? Traffic, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, actually, we just talked about that uh, not too long ago. Um, yeah, he was great in that. He's great in Shay. Um, obvious, obviously, he's great in uh, Fear and Loathing. But like, just just talking about like the depths that he went to for Fear and Loathing. Like, not only did he eat, <laughs> let's see, he said that he ate a box of donuts every day for a couple of weeks, so he gained all this weight. Fuck yeah! And like to to like get like the like scars on his arm he was actually putting out cigarettes in in his arm and like at one point it got infected and he had to be rushed to the hospital wow. and it's like bruh 
Like that's that Shia LaBeouf level of method acting, removing the tooth. Yeah, <laughs> or like a Christian Bale with uh, oh, the right. machinist he lost all the yeah, yeah, like just literally starved himself for however long it took to shoot that movie. He has my favorite Bill Del Toro that is has my favorite line in Way of the Gun, where he says, uh, <laughs> "You know what I'm going to tell God when I see him? I'm going to tell him I was framed." Yes, <laughs> <That's the> yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Uh, I, I, for the most part, I did enjoy the movie. I, th- I, I just thought it was a little long, and like some of the like intrigue, I feel like didn't really go anywhere, especially between like Tay Diggs and the wife. Mm. Um, I was like, well, you know that if the wife had like shown up, you know, and all of a sudden like she really wants this baby and like she's taking charge, I thought that would have been a, a better resolution of that storyline, but. You know, you can. I, I kind of forget that so even much. happens until I like until yeah. I rewatch it, and I'm like, oh yeah, they're having an affair. Yeah, it doesn't really matter yeah, yeah. in the story. But I, I like that's a. It's the opening scene of this movie is brilliant. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> uh, they're uh, some some dude and Sarah Silverman are yelling at them to like <laughs> you know get off his car, get off his car. It's like if you don't shut our mouth, I'm gonna whatever. Fuck starter head. That's it, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> so then he comes over and, like, the, the boyfriend's, like, about to fight, like, ready to fight Ryan Felipe. And Felipe is just, like, dick Sarah Silverman yes. right in the face. Yeah. <laughs> she's she's the one who started it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I like also how right great. after that, uh, Del Toro uh, kisses that one girl and then she pushes him away and he starts stomping on her feet. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's like the dirtiest fighters ever. They <laughs> yeah. Fight the women in the crowd. Yeah. It's, yeah, and, uh, it's a truly, I, I, I really like it. Yeah. I thought James Conn was great too. It was like, you know, the aging hitman, bagman. I like, the whole, I, I felt the bagman like, speech, the whole scene between oh, yeah, him and Del Toro was yeah. awesome. Like if it had been like more of him and Del Toro mm-hmm. having like some kind of like back and forth between themselves like you know through through most of the movie i think it probably would have been better yeah mm. for sure well yep i uh watched uh catherine bigelow's first film which she co-directed with monty montgomery called the loveless which is a, a biker picture uh starring uh, willem dafoe in his first role as a biker uh and it is terribly boring and nothing happens And uh, I really kind of hated it. (laughs) But interestingly enough, the most interesting thing about the movie is the co-director, Monty Montgomery. Monty Montgomery never directed another film, but he made friends with a man named David Lynch. And he produced one episode of Twin Peaks, the original series. Mm -hmm. And he produced an episode of his his other show, Hotel Room, I think it's called, Mm -hmm. which only lasted like a few episodes, apparently, in the 90s. And then his one of his very few acting credits, Cowboy from Mulholland Drive. Oh, oh. Yeah. wow. Is that weird Amazing. or what? Amazing. Yeah, yeah. He, he's credited as Lafayette Montgomery as Cowboy in the movie, but uh, apparently, yeah, it's the same guy. It's really bizarre. I was, like, yeah. I was reading his credits, like, who is this guy? He's Cowboy in Mulholland Drive. Right. <laughs> so, like, one of the more <laughs> interesting really scenes crazy. in the film. Yeah. Uh, Loveless is just. Uh, awful uh it's it's like it's like a it's like a it's almost like it wants to be like a and this doesn't make any sense because it came out in 81 so it's like way before this but it it reminds me of like a link later film except it's not Mm. interesting at all like there's no interesting dialogue or anything it's just like people like sitting around doing nothing it's about these bikers who get stranded in this town 
because they need to fix their bikes at the local garage. And it, and the synopsis would have you believe that they cause a lot of mayhem and trouble in this town. Uh-huh. But they really don't do anything wrong. They're just, like, chilling out. They're just, like, they're at the diner eating. They're paying for their food. Wow. They're, it's in the 50s. So, like, you know, and, and I guess they look a little unorthodox because they're all wearing, like, leather and stuff. And they have a mm-hmm. greasy hair and everything. But, like... And everybody just hates them, of course. But there's, like, no reason why they would hate them because they're not doing anything wrong. Until the end. The end gets a little crazy because uh, Willem Dafoe ends up uh, going to bed with this uh, 15-year-old girl. And then her father tries to kill him. Mm. And there's, like, a kind of a, you know, a little bit of a fight at the end there, which is, you know, what you would think would be, oh, at least there's a fight. It's just awful. It's just, like, stupid and... <laughs> There's like a terrible squib in it. It's just it's a, it's a real it's a real stinker. This uh, one I wouldn't recommend it to anybody unless you're just <laughs> trying to like me. You're trying to fill out her filmography. I'll never watch it again. I don't think. So is this like first director bad or is this like no? It's worse film than that. school bad it's, or it's not. It's not that it's film school bad. It's it's as if it is like that in a way. It's as if Catherine Bigelow had no idea what she was like wanted to do. Oh. You know, whereas like you watch Near Dark even her second film. Mm-hmm. is like it's so much more assured her direction like she's very clearly like has a goal and a story that she wants to tell mm. and i think it's because it was written by uh eric red wrote, wrote that and i think um that might have something to do with it maybe like the different writer like she you know the script probably is a big problem with low loveless you know just because mm. like again there's no plot so right it's just like <laughs> It's just a meandering mess. It is really short, though. It's like 79 minutes or 80 minutes. So. Okay, nice. Killer, killer <laughs> length. Man. Yeah, yeah. I wish all movies were 80 minutes. The limit. Yeah. yeah. It'd be great. <laughs> so. All right, next. Um, I've been watching the Twin Peaks Return. Finally finished. Um, so we, I guess, I think you watched it first. The uh, Firewalk With Me? I watched Firewalk. Yeah, I watched yeah. Firewalk With Me. Um, seen every Lynch yeah. film. Like multiple times, except for this one. And 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 uh, you haven't seen yes, uh, seen everything. Straight story. Yes, seen that too. Oh really? Hmm? Seen everything multiple times, seen except for this. I don't know why. You've seen I've straight never story seen multiple this. times. At least twice. Yeah. Give me a break. Yes. <laughs> At least twice. Yes, I saw it before I even knew it was Lynch, and I watched it. After. Continue. Anyway. <laughs> Can't believe I've Some never tension. seen this. You never seen it. <laughs> Impossible. It's. It's a but anyway, it is it is insane. It's really really good, and it, it was actually even better watching it after the return. Um, it it you know filled in a few gaps that were in the return, and uh, I don't want to get into anything too specific. But please uh, don't. I'm yeah, on episode seven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like Cheryl Lee is amazing in it, mm. and Lynch just like it's, it's relentless. Uh, yeah. I'm not a huge Wild at Heart fan. I know you're gonna hate me, but Love like Wild at Heart, it's one of his weaker, weaker ones. But <laughs> this just comes wow. back. It's just it's amazing. It's so good. I think that this film is better than Wild at Heart, but I love Wild at Heart. Wild at Heart is good. It is a good. <laughs> it is a good film. But speaking of Willem Dafoe, I mean Bobby Peru <laughs> and Cheryl Lee's in it. Cheryl Lee's the angel at the end. That's right. I'm yeah. not about that. Um, so where do you guys stand on Blue Velvet? I love Blue Velvet. Second okay. best film. Okay. <laughs> Best, yeah, Mulholland Drive. Oh, okay, <laughs> easily. I, I, it's a toss up. I, I don't know. I, <laughs> really? I, yeah. Because a year ago it was Blue Velvet. It, I know. Yeah. Well, I, we recorded a podcast a couple years ago, or did. a year ago, and it was a huge Lynch, like four hour. We talked all about every Lynch film that well, may all the main like surreal yeah. ones, you know. Oh, okay. um, yeah. Yeah, I still have to rewatch Inland Empire. So 
Mm. Yeah, that could. That's true. I, that I need to rewatch that. Spot. I doubt it. But I take it back. I haven't seen them all multiple times. I've only seen that once. Uh, oh, there you but go. It is four hours long. <laughs> that is true. Um, but yeah, Fire Walk with Me is amazing. Um, check it out. Cool. And the return. Oh yeah, amazing as well. well. I, I want to uh, real quick about the return. I just want to say how frustrating it is because <laughs> it's been like four episodes now that uh, Kyle McLaughlin's Cooper character is just like an infant child walking around, and I'm just like. Just snap out of it, guy. Like, it's getting... It's so frustrating. You're in for a long, long trip. <laughs> it, it gets... Have, he, you, have you watched any of it? I haven't. Uh, I plan to okay. at some point, but... Uh, I, yeah. He, he, he... The minute it he It is got, a giant F you to the fans. I know. When he, gave, really when he got is. coffee the first time, and he was like, coffee. I was like, he's going to drink this coffee and be his old self. Because no. it's like... That's like his thing in the original show. You oh, know, yeah, like, yeah. fine yeah. coffee. But then he just drinks it and burns his tongue. <laughs> just wow. cut to the next scene. I was just like, you, you got to I mean, it, it, the return is just like Fire Walk With Me, where like, Fire Walk With Me is like, it, it, it's just so abrasive compared to the show, mm. especially the first season. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Like, the first season is TV. I mean, it's the like, first season, there's a few weird I spots. I agree. If he had made that first season, like, again, I mean, that's hard to say, but if he had made it on a premium network or he had made it now, oh, yeah. like it would be like what this show is now. You yeah. know what I mean? Cause he was clearly like reined in being on Definitely. ABC or CBS or whatever it was yeah. on, you know? So it's like, it's, I mean, it's a cliche to say at this point, but the, Twin Peaks, the return is the culmination of everything. Like I feel like you see elements of everything, even mm-hmm. a racer hit, mm-hmm. like it's all there. Uh-huh. And it's, uh, I completely agree. It so is far. abrasive and funny mm-hmm. and weird and everything. It's, it's great. It Violent. is great. If it's the last thing he ever does, he's ending on a very high point. When the, just real quick with the the dwarf with the ice pick. Yeah. It's what the hell? It's insane. <laughs> like when he he the, rushes the same the, the same dwarf who speaks backwards. No, 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 that no, guy's no, dead. no, no. Oh, okay. he's not in the show. But uh, he's assumed another form. But uh, yeah, the dwarf, the dwarf with the ice. <laughs> so did David Bowie. David Bowie is a, a different form as well. Uh, see, he's, I don't know that. Yeah. Oh, Bowie's that. character is in, it's incredible. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh, it is. It is. Amazing. Uh, I, I really want you to finish it. I'm going I can to talk go. like three hours about it. Well, we, we will when I finish it. Uh, okay, Kevin. One last question about Twin Peaks. Sure. Um, do you know if Mark Frost is involved in the return yeah. at all? I he believe, is, I believe so. It, like, okay. Yeah. I think, but I, he, Lynch wrote and he, directed everything. Yeah, I think he helped him plot out some of the story. Maybe okay. But like okay. It, it's this is all Lynch. Like yeah. it's every episode is directed by him. And, right. Because I remember like the original series. Like it was very much a Lynch, Mark Frost. You know, kind I think of double Mark, act. Yeah, Mark Frost uh, and him kind of made it veer towards that like X Files type. I mean, this is before X Files, but that like that kind of like weird government. Yeah alien stuff going on you know yeah i think they both kind of like made it go towards that but i mean the return is totally like beyond even that like it's it's insane it's much more it's much more like puzzle boxy too than i mean it feels like there's like there's so much imagery in it that's not that's like inexplicable you know not explained at all and Mm. but also at the end of the month i think it's i think it's coming out the 31st uh mark frost is releasing another book like the definitive um I can't remember the, the exact title, but uh, it's a book on Twin Peaks, and it's explaining everything. Not interested. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I'm not like not that big of. I, I uh, Allison rented the first one that he did for the original first two seasons, and it was pretty cool seeing all the stuff in there. But I, don't I know. mean, it's cool. Yeah. But like I, yeah, I'm a Lynch fan. I'm not really a Twin. I agree. Peaks. I don't. Right. I don't even like the first. 
two seasons, and I think that like this season, like the stuff I don't understand, I don't really want to understand it. I'm not interested in creating yeah. theories or anything like that. I like yeah. my favorite episode so far is the first episode. I like that it's just like jumping around to care like people you don't have any idea what's going on. Yeah. It's just yeah. like little vignette scenes of like different crazy stuff happening. That's what I want to it's see. It's very much like Inland Empire where it's just yeah. like yeah, you know, like you said, vignettes of yeah. insanity. And I think he like I wanna say I watched the making of uh Inland Empire or we did back we when we watched the interviews with, with the them. interviews, yeah. yeah. Where he talks about like he, he would just have a dream of something and it's just, just a scene and he'd just like go out because he had the D V uh, uh, right, cameras right, over, so yeah. he'd just go out and film just it shoot with it. whoever oh. he could find. And that's how Inland Empire began. It's like you you really see that in this, like it's amazing. Collage of insanity. Cool. Finished watching uh, Dillinger last night. Nice. I, Very nice. Yeah. Although now, like, I want to go back and watch Bonnie and Clyde. Uh, me too. I've been meaning to do that. Yeah, because since first, I bought that Blu-ray of yeah, Dillinger, yeah. I've been meaning to rewatch Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah, because, like, uh, I'm not... I'm not super well versed in John Milius, but it seems to me like he. It seems like he must have watched Bonnie and Clyde quite a bit before he made Dillinger, because a lot like the. Uh, a lot of the violence in it seems to be like straight out of Bonnie and Clyde. I found I I, I haven't seen Bonnie and Clyde in so long, but I re, I recall it being not as violent as I, as I thought it was going to be when I went into it. Right. And I yeah. find Dillinger to be like kind of overly violent, especially for the time period. Yeah, and I think um, yeah, I mean, especially since there's a couple of years between Dillinger and Bonnie and Clyde. Like I think like Bonnie and Clyde got the. I don't remember a whole lot of violence in the movie, but there's that one scene where they're finally gunned down. Sure, and that scene's, and, yeah, that's And, you know, it's intense. what Coppola basically took for sure. the death of Sonny Corleone. So, Although Sonny's death is, is more intense also. Yeah, and it's... Very, like, especially when they kick him in the face yeah. at the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because, <laughs> like, so like, I've noticed, like, personally, I find that, like, when <laughs> violence is being done and it's done in slow motion, I'm like... No, yeah, stop. I agree. Like, like that was I, well. I, I don't 100 percent agree because I mean, there. I think there yeah. are times when it's done. Like, like I think Peck and Paw. Like when you watch the Wild Bunch and everything's in slow motion. I like that. But like, I agree that sometimes I do want to see it in real time. And yeah, it, yeah. It's a mistake sometimes to show it in slow mo. Yeah, because I feel like um, you know, Especially like post slow mo. Oh well, my yeah. God, let's not even get into that. <laughs> I'll blow my brains out. <laughs> But yeah, um, yeah, I, I love Warren Oates. He's fantastic in this movie. He's like, he's so likable one minute, but he's just so awful the next. Mm-hmm. And even in that and first you, scene, yeah, he's like yeah. flirting with her, and then he just like loses it and pulls a gun on her. <laughs> yeah, it's like, <laughs> I need to yeah, it's like the like like the most minute like change in his face, and like all of a sudden he's a different person. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, yeah, and. I'll I'll stand behind this. This is probably the best acting job I've seen Ben Johnson do. I, um, I agree with that. Yeah, because like Wild Bunch, um, Last Picture Show, Red Dawn. You know, he's he's kind of he's kind of a character actor yeah. who you know basically you know he plays Ben Johnson and sure. in all all the movies that he's in. But yeah, like this one, it felt like he really like. I don't know if the character of Melvin Purvis just fits so well with his own mannerisms, but it just felt really good, Absolutely. really real. And I like their phone call. Oh yeah, and yeah. After after he, he like, hey Johnny, how you doing, boy? And, and Dillin- <laughs> Dillinger slams the phone. He hangs it up, and he, yeah. he yells at it. And goes bye. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best. That's yeah, so good. And uh. Let's see, uh, and I was also thinking 
I haven't seen it since the theater, and I'm not a hundred percent sure that I want to watch it again. But um, Public Enemies, Public Enemies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I feel the exact same way. Yeah, I almost Christian Bale, Johnny times. Depp, directed by Michael Mann. Yeah, you think I'm, it would be a masterpiece? Yeah, and, but like, <laughs> I it remember like a CG fest. I don't know. Uh, was it? I don't remember it being. I, I, I know it yeah. shot on like DV. Like it looked really weird. It shot on the collateral style. Okay, like, was that okay. video or okay. whatever? You know, okay. so right. it looks uh, it looks grainy and everything. But I, yeah. I kind of like the I like the idea of it. But I just remember it being like I don't know. Not I, I remember not liking Johnny Depp in it a lot. Yeah, not finding the story very interesting the way it was told and yeah. stuff. So I don't know. Who yeah, knows? yes, same here. Like I I remember. Yeah, I saw it in the theater and I was like, eh, this is okay. But uh, but yeah, I have I don't really, and like, I'm sorry, Christian Bale's just not gonna compare to Ben Johnson as Melvin Purvis. I agree. Like, he that's, wasn't, that's he just wasn't not gonna in happen. His groove yet back then either. I mean, like, it yeah. took it took the fighter to really get him into that, you know, acting mm. groove that he's kind of in still now. I think. Right. So. Yep. yep. All right. So I uh, watched um, also for the first time K19, the Widowmaker. Mm. This is the only other film that I hadn't seen that was directed by Catherine Bigelow. From 2002, it stars Harrison Ford and Liam Neeson and Peter Sarsgaard uh, as Soviet uh, submarine people, soldiers, Navy, I don't know, whatever, submarine Navy people, I don't know. And um, Harrison Ford and Liam Neeson are like the captain and co-captain of a submarine, and Peter Sarsgaard is like in charge of the nuclear reactor that's in the submarine. And uh, the movie is basically about the the reactor starts to overheat because the cooling system fails. Mm-hmm. So it's about their plan to fix the cooling system. So it's a real nail biter. And uh, <laughs> do they have accents? Uh, they do. Well, it's actually I don't. I've heard a lot of like giving people giving a lot of flack about the accents. I actually think the accents are really well done because they're very light, very okay. light. Like they're not like you know. <laughs> you know, it's just like, it's just like, you can know, like every once in a while you'll hear Harrison Ford has a little like weird act, you know, like a little like affectation on a certain yeah. word or something. Yeah. But I, and I like that. Like, I don't want it cause it's Harrison Ford, you know, and like, and, uh, he kind of plays a bit of a dick in this picture. Mm. Uh, but, uh, in, you know, cause he's the captain and he's replacing Liam Neeson and he's taking them to the edge and everything you know cuz he's diving further than he should dive in the submarine oh, yeah. and everything they're testing it out anyway the nuclear uh thing starts to melt down and um the the most interesting part of the movie is when they develop the plan they're going to go in and weld uh they have all this water fresh water on board like 60,000 gallons or something of fresh water so they're going to like pump that water into the reactor to make it cool down so they have to go like weld pipes into it but in order to do that they have to like go into where the reactor is which is like extremely Mm. high radiation so they decide they're going to send in these two-man teams for 10 minutes each (laughs) so they send in the first two-man team and they're in there and they don't they they uh this the soviets are too cheap to buy them radiation suits so they had only had chemical suits which are like useless against radiation, but they they don't tell the guys out there just like, you'll be fine. Just put the suit on, you know? And, uh, cause they need it to be done or else everybody will die. So they go in and, uh, they weld it for Tim and it seems like they're all right. Cause they're like welding and they're doing fine. And there's like water all over the ground. It's like irradiated. So it's like glowing blue and stuff. And, uh, and then they, they walk out as soon as they come through the door, they take off their masks. and, And one of them is like, it's like, it's like, he looks like he's been 
like burned horribly. Yeah. And he oh just yeah. Vomits everywhere like this yellow vomit, and they have to like grab him and they bring him to the sick bay. And the next guy, he's sick too. And it's just like that was the most interesting part of the whole movie. That whole <laughs> sequence where they did that. And Peter Sarsgaard like pusses out because he's supposed to go in, but he sees how you know uh, those guys are going to die, so he's like yeah. he doesn't want to go. Yeah. But he ends up going anyway to like become a hero or whatever. And um, you know, it's really long. Uh, I mean, it's not like terrible or anything it's just not something that i don't I, you know i don't know i can see why this movie didn't do well mm. and uh i don't understand why it put bigelow in the kind of director's jail she was in for eight years after this but i i do see why it didn't do well especially with american audiences who don't want to watch a movie about you know the soviet union but mm. it's like i mean it's okay it's well well made and it's kind of your generic uh hollywood thriller u571 yeah kinda, you know? uh, okay interesting enough not not great mm. so i i think i gave it a three but uh yep that's it john cool, cool. um after listening to you guys uh i guess the episode before last were you, was it were you guys talking about uh under the skin it was the episode so, before yeah. last um after i listened I to that i rewatched uh, uh two skin. episodes back was it two oh, was it yeah yeah because well, uh, i'm behind then <laughs> Yes, no, it's fine. Yeah, Under the Skin, Name of the Rose. And oh, yeah. The, and then okay, okay, last okay, one. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Early I, spring. I re- rewatched Under the Skin again, and uh, mm. fantastic. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> My yeah. review is uh, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it really is amazing, though. Like, uh, Yeah. You guys talked about it already, but uh, just love this movie. It's it's probably in my top ten now. Wow. I think so. Oh, wow. I think it was it was it was in the maybe top 20 when, when I did top 100 when we did our podcast yeah. a couple years ago. But... Uh, yeah, it's it's just it. There's nothing. It has everything I like. It's like sci-fi. It's got you know amazing cinematography. Mm. Acting is great. Story is great. It's just everything about it is fantastic. And the score is amazing. Scarlett Johansson's uh, breasts are great. <laughs> they are. They, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but go. Uh, I'm going to talk about one more real quick. That's um, fine. Segwaying into uh, uh, Jackie. Which oh, yeah. we need to talk about. <laughs> we can. That's fine. Huh? I, I did huh? not care about Jackie. I did not care for Jackie. Really didn't. I know. Um, <laughs> I, I guess we did already. You once? Okay. You gave yeah. it a two, two and a two half. Two and a half, yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, I gave this movie a four when I saw it in the theater last year. Was it a four? Mm-hmm. Okay. I rather liked it. I didn't love it. I thought it was a four and a half. I, I don't sure? think so. I'm anyway. pretty sure it was a four. Um, mm-hmm. I just felt like this was scatterbrained. It was really trying to dig a story out of just nothing mm-hmm. like it was just really reaching and i'm like the whole time i'm just asking myself why was this made i, I, I yeah it's like <laughs> oh, it's shit. just like it, there's, there's just no story to me like it was just uh, really i see i disagree i think the story was really strong the conflict between her and bobby kennedy i in the wake of the assassination she wants there's to really do the no funeral one way he wants to do it another way I love that there's like this idea that yeah. if we if we do the funeral her way, we're gonna get killed. Like there's gonna be some nut yeah. job who's gonna shoot us. And she's like, Well, mm. we can't be afraid right now. And yeah. I agree. Like I think I think that's really interesting. I I, I will say the weakest part of the film is Natalie Portman's acting. It is mm. weird. I think her It's over the top. I agree. I don't think she does a, a great job and I think it's passable. But I think she wasn't got a she lot nominated. Of, uh, I don't know. Was she nominated? I, she shouldn't have been. It's it's. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I think it's one of these kind of showy performances that was made to 
like she probably got talked in this movie because you're going to get another Oscar if you do this. Yeah, you know, mm. and it's like it's not, it's not, it's not there. <laughs> That's really sad. Like coming from, and I just rewatched Black Swan a couple of weeks ago. She is incredible in Black yeah. Swan. I mean, she goes mm. to crazy places emotionally in that movie, and there's nothing like that here at all. Yeah, and I also felt like it was a little. Uh, I don't know the way they they the way they shot it. It was just like. Like, it would just cut back and forth, like, constantly. And it was just, like, the interview, the, the interview in the I house. don't like the interview either. That was just uh, so, like, I don't like the, weird. I, I, I very rarely like any movie that has, like, a, a, a framing story. Yeah. I can't uh, stand that. Like, and we'll get into it with uh, Let Me Make You a Martyr has a oh. framing story. <laughs> oh, no. But, I mean, yeah, this one is particularly... Uh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't care for that. I don't like anything where it's like, let me tell you a story, and then it cuts <laughs> to the movie, and I'm just like, just show the movie. I know? felt yeah, like yeah. she the whole time, like she's obviously vain, like a vain person, but and it's, but it it doesn't really explore that, and I, I felt like she's just not a likable character. That's a good point. She's kind of just a vapid. It like, was showing. It was definitely uh, showering her in a trophy good life yeah, or something. She, you know, well, it was making mm. her seem like she was uh, a great person. I agree with that. I just, I don't know. Two and a half. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> anyway. With the score. The score also, it was by the person who did uh, Under the Skin. Yeah. Mika Levy. Uh, the score rules. It was incredible. Yeah. And it, there's no synth stuff. It's just all like orchestration. And I believe she was nominated for an Oscar and lost. Really fantastic Bummer. score, though. Yeah. Should have been in something else. <laughs> <laughs> really Should have been in a better movie. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, the other day I rewatched uh, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. I'd been wanting to watch this movie again because I'd seen it in the theater and I saw it uh, a couple of, like a year after I saw it in the theater and uh, I was really I was really impressed again. Like I remember really liking it in the theater and watching it again like I, I think it still holds up I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it's perfect but um, like as as spy movies go um, you know it's part you know there are parts of it that are like really slow and like you know very like careful but that really reflects the main character played by Gary Oldman George Smiley being being very careful because you know He's dealing with spies, and he's dealing with a, a mole in the British intelligence service. But um, and then, like every now and then, there's like really like hardcore violence. Um, John, uh, at some point, I think you should check this out because I think you would. I think you would appreciate I, it. I Who directed this? <clears throat> uh, Tomas Alfredson. Yeah, I'm Alfredson. Say? Tom yeah, Tom yeah. Tom. yeah, that's right. Um, I, I had wanted to uh, see it when it when uh, the first came out. Uh, mm. But I just never got around to it, and then all I've heard from anybody is how it's good, but it's really slow. And I'm like, I don't yeah. mind movies being slow, but I don't yeah. know, like the whole I, the whole like British spy thing doesn't <clears throat> terribly interest me to begin with. So it's like I will see it eventually, I'm sure. Yeah, and now that you're giving us this rave review, that'll probably you know help. Yeah, I gave this one four stars. Sure. So. Um, and yeah, like it, it is definitely very slow and it's very British. I didn't realize so, also that, uh, Tom Hardy is in it. Yeah. Tom Hardy, yeah. Benedict Cumberbatch, Colin Firth, uh, yeah. Stephen Graham. It's got all of the British yeah. actors. Yeah. It's got a, yeah, a lot of them. <clears throat> and, uh, Gary Oldman Sorry. leads the way with a very like, yeah, it's like his performance very much ref- 
is very much reflected in the movie itself. Like it is very slow. It's very carefully thought out. But then when the payoffs come, they pay off really well. So killer. Yeah. yeah and the, uh, the ending montage with, uh, the live version of, uh, Julio Iglesias doing La Mer. It's fantastic. It's so good. Awesome. Yeah. I, uh, are you finished? Yes. I watched uh, The Childhood of a Leader, directed by Brady Corbett from 2015. Mm. Uh, I started watching that. Oh, good. Mm. I got like 20 minutes in, and I had to do something. Oh, I had not gone back. When was this? <laughs> Two weeks ago. Oh, yeah, should, it's on, should... it's on, is it still on Netflix? It was on Netflix. Tell me it's not on Netflix. It's on Netflix. <laughs> I rented it on Netflix. At least it was two weeks oh. ago. Uh, you know, Apple TV lies because you ask it to show you a movie and it's supposed to show you all the services that the movie's available on. And I oh. did that with this movie and it said iTunes. I think it does, on Letterboxd it shows you. Well, I don't know. I always use Apple TV. We just use Apple TV. Well, anyways, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's like, it was like four bucks. but um, And it was well worth it because I love this movie. It's mm. great. Uh, it is... Uh, of, it's a slow burn mm-hmm. of, a, of a movie, but um, just really a crazily well directed and mature film for a first time director. Mm. Uh, this guy Brady Corbett, uh, and I mean a really strange idea, like a really niche idea for a movie too, like telling the 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 story of the childhood of this per- sociopathic uh, person who will become a. Uh, dictator type figure in the uh-huh. in the in the days following uh, World War One or the the end days of World War One when he's a child, and um, it's just follows this kid around and uh, he does these uh, you know he does things that show you his personality and like I say he's just he's got an ego and he's uh, doesn't care about anything or anybody except himself. And it's very, very interesting, the things that he, the, the choices that he makes. Mm. And, um, yeah, it's just really, really well done. And the score by Scott Walker, yeah, which you saw that's the, the reason I started watching it. <laughs> the score is unreal yeah, good. He's, <laughs> he's incredible. Yeah, I, I'm going to go immediately as soon as I can to the record store and buy <laughs> the vinyl, which has been there for a long time. I literally <laughs> watched the movie, so I was like, I got I to gotta know if I need to buy this vinyl. So, <laughs> wow. I keep seeing it there. It's always there, and I'm like, I, this might be great. And it is great. So Yeah, he definitely uh, needs to like, do more scoring. Yeah, he, he, it's really, I, it's nothing like what I thought it was going to be i thought it was going to be like i don't know like synthesizer guitar centric or something because i never thought of him as like a composer you know yeah but it's very no his old records are very orchestrated and, yeah like the ones from the 60s that's all him like they're all orchestrated okay heavily yeah, yeah. so that's really it's really it's a great score yeah uh a great great film and robert pattinson is in it uh-huh. oh really he, he rules He's in one of the early scenes. I'm surprised you didn't see it. No, I don't remember that. He might not have gotten that far, I guess. But uh, he's uh, he plays the um, friend of the father, and he has another role, which I won't spoil. Go ahead, Kevin. No, uh, <laughs> Jonathan. Sorry. Go ahead, Jonathan. Oh. It's your turn. Um, let's see. After Jan- Well, I uh, watched it today. Um Super Dark Times. We can talk about that. Can oh, talk okay. about that now let's, or talk about that later? No, let's talk about Super Dark Times. Okay. Super uh, Dark. I watched it because of your six out of five. Directed by Kevin Phillips <laughs> uh, from this year. Just came out on uh, VOD yesterday. So Another first-time director? Uh, first-time feature director. He's directed okay. a, lot of, a lot of short films. Okay. Uh, I mean, for a first film. 
it's holy shit. Oh, like no. it's yeah. 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 It's really, really good. Um I I know you gave it a six out of five. I gave this movie a six yeah, out of you five. Need to talk which about is it to say I think it's awesome. Yeah. I it's my favorite movie of the year so far. Mm. Um it's just incredible. I thought I, I and I wrote a review for it, which is up on the the blog now, um, in which I do talk about the idea that about two thirds into the film, I, I was loving this thing, but it was starting to waver a little yeah, bit. Yeah, when, oh, when that the last idea. third starts, I was like, I'm not sure about this. But after it ends, I got sure again. <laughs> I was just yeah. thinking about. It, I, I was the, like, it this was funny. Is okay. the, the ending is like turning a lot of people off. Like, really? Yeah, I was reading a couple of other reviews, and they're like, mm. uh, like good movie with terrible ending. I'm like, what? what? Yeah, I don't know about that. I don't want to talk about the ending, but like, I know. I don't want to get into anything about that yeah. specific aspect of it because I really feel like you need to go in blind with this one mm. or as blind as possible. I think the trailer is perfectly fine to watch, uh, paints it as, a, as you know, something that it sort of is. But uh, yeah, I thought the uh, the acting was like, the acting, really good. Extremely good. Yeah. The guy who plays Josh yeah. is next he is actually from 1995 like he, he is like <laughs> from 19, it, it is insane yeah, I agree. even wow. his hair like he reminded me of people that we've known and, and i mean i felt like it was a little pandery because like i'm the exact i'm like pretty much the exact age of like i mean i, I guess i'm a little younger than i would be if like i grew up in the 90s or 95 sure. or whatever sure. but uh we'd have been it was a just little like, younger than these it guys. was a little mm-hmm. I don't know. I felt like it was a little like Stranger Thingsy, you know. See, right? I didn't get any of that. And you mentioned I, that you mentioned I that mentioned in your that, review. Yeah, I don't feel that just in the beginning though. Just in the beginning. The only time I felt like this is pandery a little bit is when they're discussing whatever it is, the comic book Silver Surfer. Yeah. Like at that point I'm like, I really hope they don't talk about comic books and movies and shit. Well, it's it, it's that and it's also like the bikes and stuff and like it just felt I mean like, they're riding bikes. I know, but bikes. I know that they do yeah. ride bikes, but it was just like like you said, Amblin. Like it was just like. I mean, it's like, like, yeah. I, I think that like, it has shades of Amblin, don't know. and there are shades of that in there. But I feel like, unlike Stranger Things or It, there is no pandering like that. There's no scene where they walk into a room and it's full of movie posters from 1993, or yeah. you know, music mm. like Boys to Men Everywhere or New Kids on the Block. Oh, in the case right. of It, it's like there's nothing like that. Do you at think all. it's commentary on that? Like maybe I don't think it. I don't. I honestly think. That the reason that they, like, and I said this in the review too, I think the reason that they said it in the 90s is to add more conflict. Yeah, it really is. Therefore, does. like, you, you said it in the 90s before smartphones, yeah. mm. suddenly he can't find out where his girlfriend is. He's got to run all over the neighborhood looking for her. You know, suddenly he doesn't know where Josh is. Yeah. You know, he doesn't know when he's going to be home. You know, there's actually one scene where uh, they're, they're uh, Josh and Zach. Mm-hmm. Is it Zach? They're uh, like wheeling their bikes like behind this building, and like there's a bunch of like older kids, yeah, and yeah. Uh, one of them had like a pager. He's yeah, like, pager, he's about yeah. to like beat the shit out of him, but he's like, he gets a page. Yeah. <laughs> like, but I like that too because that's not like I agree he has a pager, and that's a very like obvious like okay we're in the '90s, right? But he, it wasn't in your face. You're, it's not like you're it right. cuts to you're right. it or anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like you have to notice. The only time it's like there. really in your face is whenever he looks at the caller ID. To yeah. like match a phone number, but that's important to the plot. It, extremely important, and I love that. Yeah. I love how mm. there's like I, that's part of the detective story thing that kind of happens in the end of it that I really got into. I was like, this is cool. It's it really reminded me of Brick, like I said in the review, and mm. I just uh, except you know without the ridiculous, you know. Like, I think for me, like yeah. <laughs> what I really liked is there. Uh, whenever they accidentally kill the character or whatever, uh, one of their friends, it's four friends, and like one of them actually accidentally dies. 
uh, it's like the character of Josh, like, I feel like even if the accident didn't happen, like, he would still turn out the way he does. Sure. Because it's, I, I, like, it's, um, it's just like, he he just has like this like antisocial behavior like all throughout the even the beginning like he doesn't want to hang out with these guys like the he, uh, yeah. the obnoxious friend I can't remember his name uh, Daryl Daryl yeah he's like super annoyed by Daryl the whole time and, I would like, be too though yeah I mean, he's is, extreme Darryl is the worst. he's extreme <laughs> I, but I love that too because he like uses the f word like every other word but I like I like yeah <laughs> I like uh, it's so real I like Zach's yeah. ex- explanation for it too, too like for being friends with him he's like he feels bad for him you know he lives in a shitty part of town and like yeah. you know he. He feels like he doesn't have any friends, or you know, so he's trying to be his friend. It it all feels extremely like real. I agree. Like, Mm. and I think the acting was improved. Most of it It was. Yeah, I want to. I want to say it was. Read a couple interviews. You read that? Okay, and I I didn't know that. Um, Yeah, and you can tell, like in a good way. It's authentic. It it feels really. It comes off very authentic. Yeah, Mm. I agree with that, and uh, yeah, I love it. I love it. Love it. I can't wait for whatever this guy does next. Mm. I feel like the fir- I feel like when I watched Blue Ruin for the first time, and I was just like, "I'm just ready for Jeremy Saulnier to make another movie. I'm ready for Kevin, Ph- Kevin Phillips to make another movie. I want to see what he does next." I cool. mean, this year is turning out to be pretty good, and like, I don't know, yeah, that, good can't time, wait to see, and now this, yeah, can't and wait then, to the Safety Brothers do next, and that too, and then Blade Runner coming, yeah, I best know. movie of all time, apparently. Scary, I don't know, scary, scary, breathtaking, stuff. magnificent, yeah, it surpasses the original. Yeah, I've heard that. I that I. That's not even a joke. I've heard that. I know. Me too. It was the headline. <laughs> Better than the, the original. Wow. <laughs> like, I don't see how that's possible, but Yeah. Okay. It does have Ryan Gosling in it, though, so. That might make it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. He does rule. That's our review of Super Dark Times. Cool. Oh, also, I really want to say that the direction is amazing. And the. Uh, oh, uh, the score. The score is great oh, too. The score is, the score is by yeah. uh, Ben Frost. He's I meant to look it up and I totally He's done it. a lot of stuff with like Tim Hecker and stuff. Oh, he's okay, he's an cool. electronic artist. But yeah. uh mm-hmm. and also the like the the uh the music they use in it, the song at the end yeah. is by Wire. Oh, it's really? like one of their eighties records, which is like not a lot of people like listen to their eighties stuff. It's yeah. Like, like they all like stick to the early stuff. That song Posers. rules. <laughs> no, that song <laughs> rules. That's like such a good ending song. Like it, uh, I don't know. It's I, called I, the I, ideal copy. Yeah, the record. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I I instantly recognized. They were just like uh, they were just like you're, you're so proud of yourself. There I was just like, yeah, this song is amazing. <laughs> I was like, this is so awesome. Uh, I should have put it over the top for you. Um, it almost did. I, I I feel bad now. I almost I almost want to give it a five. Well, you don't have to. Not for my sake or for Wire's sake. I mean, he's kind of like talked himself into yeah, it. Now. I, I kind of have. I'm kind of hype myself. I'm kind of forgetting all the Amblin <laughs> shit and like. Yeah. <laughs> uh. I don't know. I, I want to rewatch it. You should. I, I, yeah, it's it's phenomenal. I'm going to have to go out and find this thing yeah, now, man. Definitely. It's definitely on Amazon do. and iTunes. Cool. Yeah. So. It is fantastic. Let's see. Uh, watched uh, Walkabout by Nicholas Regg. Mm. Uh, it looked really pretty, but the story itself uh, of the the australian kids surviving in the outback for you know like like it explains at the beginning of the movie a walkabout is where an aboriginal kid like becomes an adult because they have to Mm. go off and live off the land for a little while but uh yeah uh the movie it's the yeah it just goes on for so long and uh 
I was extremely bored when I watched it. Same here. Yeah. Like uh, he's been kind of just disappointing to me all around. Every time I, I see I one agree. of his movies, I'm I like, agree. Well, like I, I, he's a very overrated. The man like, who fell to Earth was it was absolutely dis- disappointing. disappointing. Yeah, well, well, I really really liked uh, don't don't look now. See, I've I've been meaning to watch that, but that's scary too because I'm like now I've now that I've seen I've seen I think three or four of his films. And I'm still like, I kind of want to see Bad Timing still, or I kind of want to see Don't Look Now, but I'm yeah. like, they're probably just going to suck too. That's <laughs> like, I well, know. I don't know. Like, I think like with uh, with some directors, like you know, it's it's really like crap, 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 seven out of five, crap, 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 <laughs> crap, 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 crap. Yeah. So, like, uh, um, I was t- telling, uh, I watched The Fountain, uh, the Aronofsky movie because I saw that it was on John's top ten, and that was. That's literally the only Aronofsky movie that I actually like. Would right. you give it five? Like yeah. that? That was it's a, fantastic. It's um, amazing. But I like, agree with you. Like I, I like his stuff. I mean, Pi is amazing to me. Uh, Requiem for Dreams, okay. Yeah, I want to rewatch the Wrestler because I'm a wrestling fan. I haven't seen the Wrestler in a long time. It's great. Yeah, it's great. It's great. <laughs> and I remember Black Swan being terrible, but. You yeah, should rewatch I rewatch it. it. You, you know. should. Yeah, I, I probably should. Like Requiem, I'm like nah. Uh, but I, I will watch Requiem uh, definitely. Black Swan like at some I said, I've talked. I talked about these on the show, so I won't go into it. But like Requiem again is very like like what we're talking about film schooly. You know, it's very, yeah, like, he's yeah. like he's got all these like silly like these <laughs> ideas that you have when you're like 22. You know, yeah, and he puts them all into this. Like I think and Noah just like sunk the oh, ship. Yeah, Noah for me. was a disaster. It, yeah. No pun intended, but like yeah, completely like. <laughs> Pun intended. <laughs> yeah, it was horrible. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, if if I'm gonna watch a movie about like heroin addiction, I'm just gonna watch Train Spotting again, right? Because I, it's a yeah. way better movie. Or heaven knows what. Or heaven knows what. Yeah, fantastic film. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> Safety brothers. Safety, Safety plug. <laughs> <laughs> We're their official spokesman. <laughs> nice. Okay. Um, I uh, on on. Uh, Kevin's suggestion, <laughs> his ill <laughs> ill-advised suggestion, I watched a movie called uh, Let Me Make You a Martyr, which is directed by someone. This gets your lowest score Some of all time, dude. I think? Uh, yeah, it's directed by Corey Azroff and John Schwab and stars Marilyn Manson and Mark Boone Jr. Mm. and some other people who are television actors. Who you know don't deserve to be mentioned. This and, is a uh, film. This is like a film. like a. Well, it's from 2016. I've never heard mm. of it. It's there's a reason you've never heard of it. It's <laughs> awful. It's uh, got like a four point something on IMDb. That's really too, that's generous. It's. Uh, <laughs> I gave this movie a zero out of five because I find nothing redeeming about it. Not even a quarter star. <laughs> no, I can't. Uh, if I could have given it a zero, like on the star they meter, and have had that. it shown up, I yeah. would have. But it, I had to give it a half. But um, it's it's a zero. It's awful. Uh, it's it's about a, a man who comes back to town after six years. Is the town of his hometown, I guess. Mm-hmm. And um, the 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 official synopsis is that he meets back up with his adopted sister who he's fallen in love with and they hatch a plan to kill their abusive stepfather which is not accurate at all uh he and the sister don't actually meet up until like 50 (laughs) minutes into the movie wow the stepfather is in the movie way before that and hires marilyn manson to kill the son like in the first 10 minutes there's no explanation of anything 
he's telling all these stories uh, from a prison interrogation room oh, where he's being gosh. interrogated by one of the black detectives from True Detective season one. Oh, no. Uh, who's <laughs> awful also in this. Um, and they're having these like ridiculous like spiritual and philosophical discussions. Oh, no. Give me a break. No. Which, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> that makes uh, everything worse. It, I agree. It cannot, yeah. you can, there's no way to do that without just being absolutely pretentious. And that's what this movie is. Mm. It's 100% pretension. Mm. Um, Marilyn Manson is uh, doing like his uh, Anton Chigurh like impression, oh. uh, trying to be badass. And I mean, like <laughs> honestly, I'll say, out of all the people in the film, Manson probably has the best performance, but it's still bad. Uh-huh. Uh, it's just that everybody else is much, much worse. Um, it's not like you would think that it's such like a bleak looking thing. Like the the the, the adopted sister is uh, addicted to heroin, of course. Mm. Uh, she she as uh, right they go to bed together and you think that they're about to have sex but then she starts talking all this like ridiculous like these like vague or she's like i just don't know what to do anymore i can't do it and he's like are you saying what i think you're saying and i'm like what is she saying like i have no idea what she's saying all of a sudden he's got his hands around her throat he kills her like and it's is this like is this like room the room level bad um, I haven't seen the room. From what I understand, though, I, I, the room seems almost like self-aware. To yeah, me. this is not self-aware. This uh, is like this is sincerely this is sincere. terrible. <laughs> They're like, this is awesome. Like I can see them watching the dailies, just be like, this shit is so heavy. You know, <laughs> like wow, it's, just, <laughs> it's, it's really so ridiculous. It's, uh, so it's not even so bad that it's good. No, 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 okay. no. Oh, like that. It's, that's oh. brutal. It's awful and awful on not top good. of awful. And there's not even like good. Like you would think, at least there'd be some good violence. There's nothing. It's like there's no action. No even violence. even when he strangles the girl. Even when he strangles her, it looks like they cut to his face, and then oh. he strangles her in about 15 seconds. Really? Which of course you know, like yeah, just give me a break. Yeah. And, uh, somebody yeah. gets shot in the movie. They don't even show it. You'd think like, it'd be like crazy violent with I know, right? on board. It's yeah. very like a um, like a Rob Zombie type thing. It reminded yeah. me of like this kind of post Tarantino like '90s movies. Uh, oh yeah, like yeah. Love in a Forty Five. I thought about and uh, <laughs> yeah, even Lucky like, Number Eleven. Yes, well, that's a little later. I, yeah, but, something like like even some early Guy Ritchie stuff, but not funny at all. You know, so uh, it's just like this, just all like attempting attempted style. But yeah. even the style is piss poor. Like they have these ridiculous like Terrence Malick shots of this little girl. Walking through a field. Oh no! I'm just like, what is? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like go home. It's just, it's really just Corey Osroff and John Schwab jerking off into each other's mouths for 90 minutes. Is what it is. Interesting. Yeah. So if you want, if you're into that, uh, by all means, check this one out. Don't miss it. Um, well, John, I will tell you right here and right now. The next time I see an ad for something on Facebook, I will not tell you about it. No, 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 no. I don't want to. I don't want to tell you that because I <laughs> okay. okay. I, lo- I love getting a suggestion, and this is a right, movie right. that I had heard about vaguely. I think I had watched a trailer for it when it came out. Okay, yeah. But um, so I mean, I was. I'm not opposed to watching things even if they're terrible. I just want to. I mean, because I wouldn't know this is terrible unless I watched it. Right. So, and it's not like once I started that I was like. Oh God! This is a slog to get. It wasn't boring or anything. It was just awful, you know. Mm. It was just a bad movie. Yeah. It was almost interesting to see how how much worse it could get. So, wow, John, do you have anything else? That's it for me, by the way. I've got one more. Okay. Um, like Larjean, I bought uh, Blow Up on the Criterion sale as well. 
uh, Antonioni's 1965 Six. or 66. Yeah. Mm. Um, this is his best film, easily. Um, I rewatched a lot of his, uh, pretty much all of his English stuff, except for uh, Identification of a Woman, which I've never seen. Um, this is definitely his best. Uh, I used to think The Passenger was his best, but it, I don't know. The Passenger kind of drags. Mm-hmm. And uh, the story kind of doesn't really make that much sense to me either. Like, but whatever. But Nicholson rules. Nicholson does rule, but the, the, it's, <laughs> well, it's just a little unbelievable. And the girl who's in it is beautiful. I think that, yeah. He just wanted to shoot like pretty people for like yeah, two hours. For sure. Um, Zabriskie point is terrible as well. I'm not even going to talk about that. But uh, I was going to ask you about that because I've listened to the soundtrack because, you know, Pink Floyd. and The soundtrack Red rules. Dead. Yeah, yeah. The soundtrack is amazing. Yeah, so I've been <laughs> but, like, uh, trying to find the movie, but now I guess I don't have to. There's so much good stuff. Like, yeah, Pink Floyd and stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, uh, the movie is just... It's just random. It's like mm. it. It feels like a movie that should have been made in like '67, with uh, like Dennis Hopper in it and like doing like a shitload of drugs like on the set. Right. But it wasn't. It's like made in like '75 or like something. An easy Rider kind of. Uh, yeah, but it's thing. like eight years too late, yeah. and it's just like <laughs> two characters go into the desert and make out, and then one the main character steals a plane, flies it back to the airport, gets killed. End of movie. Like literally, like that's the plot. <laughs> And Sounds it, amazing. It, it, wow. No, it's terrible. <laughs> it is so terrible. Uh, but uh, Blow Up is fantastic, though. It, cool. I quite um, agree. Not going to get into the story or anything, but... Uh, but the Yardbird scene. Let's just talk about that. The Yardbird scene. Really. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, there's a lot of like deep like philosophical stuff in it that I don't really understand too much. But uh, Like the mimes at the end? Yeah, like the, like it, it it's it's a little pretentious, but I, it like it works. I like that it only. Well, I think it works because it only ha- it's like a, it's like a button on the end of the film. It's not like yeah. a, it's not like the whole film is a weird surrealist journey. I mean, or I guess you uh. can kind of like like I guess you can kind of take it as like the the mimes are like society, and at the end he just caves into society and gives up because he like ends up playing imaginary. He throws the imaginary ball back yeah. to them. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like. Because, like, the whole movie, he's trying to find, like, the truth, you know? Like, he's, like, But the closer he looks, the more distorted it gets. Exactly, yeah. Uh. It's kind of simple, but, like, there's... It's a brilliant metaphor. There's other things that throw it off, like, so it's not... Yeah. Like, I read a few analysis where, like, he he actually, like, doesn't... There isn't actually a murder. Like, there is no body. Like, he goes back to to the crime scene or whatever and, like, sees the body... And, like, a lot of people take it as, like, it's a mannequin because he's, like, the body is, like, literally, like, just straight like a board. Like, his Mm. eyes are, like, wide open. Mm. And people think that, like, he's just imagining this, like, conspiracy. So I'm like, ah, that kind of, like, throws off the whole thing. Like, is he just crazy? I don't want him to be crazy. I don't like that. Yeah. That feels dismissive. Exactly, yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, the soundtrack's great. Like, I used to hate the soundtrack. But, like, man, like, (laughs) it's Herbie Hancock. Like, it is fantastic. Mm. Like, and uh, the Yardbirds are in it as well. Yeah, yeah there's a there's a, awesome. yeah it's 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 probably my favorite concert scene in a movie. That's fair. Uh, <laughs> it, it is so great. And uh, not uh not the Talking Heads doc that you watched. No, that was terrible. Yeah. I don't like. I, oh, I didn't like Wait, that at all. Stop making sense. Yeah, I, I didn't really care for that. Okay, I don't really like their '80s stuff that much said, except for uh, Remain in Light. Watch Live in Rome. Yeah, on that, YouTube. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. is fantastic. Um, no, there's another one. Uh, in Wings of Desire, there's... Is oh, it Nick Cave? Nick Cave yeah, yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Um, 
But man, the Yardbirds are really great in this. And uh, the thing about that is that, like, I don't like Nick Cave's music very much. Yeah, but I, the Yardbirds are cool. They're Nick Cave is cool yeah. as a person. Nick Cave is like, a very cool personality, and he writes good movies. Yeah. and he does good scores for movies. Mm. But his music, music is not. I'm not yeah. a huge fan of it. You I get to see. You get I to like, see, like a really one of their albums, but like the one before and the one after, I'm like, what is this? this yeah, is crap. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, yeah. He reminds uh, me of Tom Waits in that way. Like, I there are certain uh, yeah. songs I can hear by Tom Waits, where I'm like, this is all right. I could see why people like this, but then like other stuff, I'm just like, this is awful. I can't do this. Like, and even like I like the um, I like one from the heart. You know, yeah, and I like yeah. his music in that to an extent, but I'll, I'll, I don't know if it's anything I'd listen to like outside of the film. You know. Yeah, is all. I like Nick Cave's uh, first band, The Birthday Party. Oh yeah, it's like a lot. It's like post punk stuff, oh, okay. kind of like really. I don't think I've heard abrasive. Any of that. Uh-huh. But uh, no, the Yardbirds in this were great. You get to see like a young Jimmy Page, like mm-hmm. super young, and I think it's Jeff Beck. It's the other guitarist. He's yeah, like I think dis- he's the one who like destroys. He's the like, destroying the destroys guitar- his yeah. amp or something. Yeah, yeah. Cause I like that's my favorite Yardbirds song. Like that's I've seen. The yeah, what clip song is it? Stroll on. Oh, okay. But yeah. And the acting's great, and cinematography, and everything. It's cool. first uh, first uh, studio picture to feature frontal nudity of a woman. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. The breasts of the female model, uh, Vanessa Redgrave, I guess, huh? Isn't it? Yes. Yeah. So, oh. uh, and yeah. they claim that this movie is like really commercial, like it's this commercial movie, but like, I think maybe just because it was made by what Warner Brothers made it or something. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like a big, I know, think big so. studio uh, picture, but. Good stuff. You got anything else? Uh, have you guys seen the trailer for American Satan? No. No. Um, let's see. It's got one of the guys from Game of Thrones, and it's got Malcolm McDowell. And to me, it looks like... <laughs> Sounds like a great, great picture. <laughs> well, like, when I when I was just seeing, like, the little snippets of it, like, without sound, I'm like, okay, this is like... A rock and roll like Satanist version of uh, the Green Room. Oh, okay, and but like looking at it, it's like I don't know. It's called American Satan, and it's about some heavy metal band, and Malcolm McDowell is in it. I guess he's like some producer or manager or something. Mm-hmm. But it it just looks kind of silly. It looks and watching the entire trailer, it looks nothing like Green Room. So I I anytime uh, honestly I don't. I don't watch Game of Thrones, mm. but beyond that, and it's not, and I don't have any, like, it's fine, you know, whatever. <laughs> but, like, when, I, it feels like when a Game of Thrones actor is in something, unless oh, it's yeah. the dwarf guy. Uh, Peter Dinklage. Who's a good actor, and he's been in good stuff. Yeah. But if it's anybody else who's in the movie, or is starring in the movie, or has anything to do with the movie, the movie is garbage. Because like like the Kit Harrington has tried to do this a few times. He's been in some films that just went like straight to VOD. Yeah, like, it's, feel, it's just weird how like that show's so popular, but the stars of that show cannot maintain. They cannot yeah. hold a film up at all. Yeah, like it's bizarre. Uh, yes, because um, uh, what's her face? Sophie Turner. She was in X Men Apocalypse, and that's it's that's a crap movie but even even that it's like who did she play she's that? not uh, she was uh, Jean Grey yeah she's not the star oh. but she's not like the yeah, star no she's not the star right? so but, like but still like yeah, Apocalypse make, was not good that would make yeah. sense if it was like sadly you know yeah. Kit Harrington is co-starring in a movie with you know some named actor or something but he's yeah. like these people are like, trying to make the jump and like star in their own film and it's just like not yeah like I saw that he was in like uh, Pompeyi and uh, <laughs> oh and there's some God. other one uh-huh. there's some other one uh, Testament of Youth which uh, like he and uh, Alicia Vikander like 
Alicia Vikander, I think, is a really good actress. She um, won the Oscar. Yeah, she won it for uh, the Danish Girl, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, she was in Ex Machina. She's gonna be she's the new Laura Croft. Yeah, it's, um, can we talk about that? Are sure. You, I don't know how you feel. Are you you're not a gamer though? Not really. Do you, I mean, are you, I, ha- I haven't even seen the Angelina uh, Angelina Jolie movies. Well, I don't so. think that's necessary. Why do you feel about this film? Uh, should, I, should be interesting. Okay, I'll say I honestly that. didn't even know this existed. I think it looks like a huge steaming pile of shit. It's coming it out probably it will awful. be because I mean, like, why like. Video games, like... Video games and movies are so incestuous, it makes no sense to make a video game into a movie to me. Like, yeah. I don't understand. Like, uh, Laura Croft Tomb Raider is based on movies. <laughs> Indiana it's Jones. probably... And be, other yeah, films like yeah. that. It's like, it doesn't make any sense to... Like, let's make that back... It's like when Hairspray came out. It's like, Hairspray was a movie. They got turned <laughs> into a musical. They got turned back into a movie. It's just like, just like, why? Just keep it, you know, where it is. Yeah. Like, it's like, you don't... You wouldn't make a Grand Theft Auto... Uh, the movie because it'd be like just a generic crime movie. It wouldn't be. Yeah, it's like why wouldn't you just watch Scarface? Exactly. Or I mean, games are games are so much like movies now, anyway. So it's like why agree, even? Yeah. yeah, they're so they're getting so real. And like with the tra- with the trailer for Red Dead that just came out, yeah, it's a movie. Like, like why? It's a movie I, trailer. Exactly. I'm yeah, not yeah. interested in seeing a Red Dead movie at all. But I think the reason they're making the Laura, Laura Croft movie is because. Um, the last couple, I haven't played them, but the last couple Tomb Raider games have been like super like sure. back to back to basics, like right. super hardcore. Like they're like mm-hmm. revamping her as like a tough character. So I guess they're gonna make a movie with that I just, instead of just like the old. No, I, you know, I understand that. Just the movie itself, the model. trailer itself looks like it was shot on like a DSLR. Like it looks <laughs> awful, Probably. and uh, yeah, and they had her been. her. Physical acting in it looks stilted and strange. I don't know. I just think it looks. Actually, terrible. saw there was a cracked article like analyzing the the poster for the movie, and it was like the headline was like she would be like a chiropractor's worst nightmare <laughs> because like the way like the way her like her posture and the, yeah. like how it's how bizarre. far she's turned. Her it's neck. really strange. Yeah, and I'm she's like, really she's in a bad suit or something. Like no, she's she in like a no. She's she's in like a tank <laughs> top, but like yeah, her neck is like it's almost oh, like oh, okay. proportions. Style. Oh yeah. wow. <laughs> you know? She's weird in it. I don't know. It looks it's terrible. Yeah, I don't understand I mean, how this is going to be successful at all. I, I doubt that it will be. It's probably just going to be another throwaway action movie. like yeah. uh, throwaway video game action movie, which is like they're notoriously yeah. poorly received. You yeah. mentioned Ex Machina. Uh, what is the next movie about uh, that guy? Annihilation. What do you think about that? I, I, I don't know. Have you watched the trailer? Yeah. It's not interesting at all. Really? I'll, I'll watch it. I'm getting some stalker vibes from this. I don't. I was see, thinking I the same thing. I really, but then I, I, I watch freaking me out. It's gross. Well, like I watched the trailer and I'm like, okay, this seems vaguely stalker esque. Yeah. But then I'm like, it's wait based a on minute. A novel. Yeah, it's based on a novel. But that that also like stalker was based. on The novel's from I'm last saying, year, like, though. The novel is right. If, a couple maybe years. The ago. novel is pulling from yeah. stalker. But yeah, but like this this could be like stalker, but with a more definitive answer to like. Whether or not it's like an actual alien intelligence, or if it was just you yeah. know, uh, that problem, the problem. I, okay, just real quick. The problem right. I feel that I'm going to have with this movie is the problem I have with like most sci-fi movies is that I feel like it's just going to like it's going to be like this. You know, what every sci-fi movie is the exact same. It's like there's this there's <laughs> this uh, yeah. mystery. It's like a mystery planet. Or a mystery yeah. uh, uh, oily substance they have to walk through, or whatever it is. You <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. And it's like, and then <laughs> Show it's like, special what's things. happening? I don't know. And then there's like a an evil thing that they have to fight, and they have a gun, and they shoot it, but it doesn't work. And then they have to figure mm, out how to fight it. Yeah. And then finally at the end, 
everything is explained in like the last. <laughs> the, this is why Stalker is so fantastic I because agree. It's, yeah, exact, yeah. it is it's literally the exact opposite the of like everything you just said. Abrasively not explaining anything to you, and that's what I want. I want a pure mystery, not even a mystery. I don't even want to think about like I don't even want to have like the notion of like there is an answer to this. I don't yeah. even care. Like if this movie, the journey is the point. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah. I don't feel like this movie has that because. There's hey, definitely a mystery. I think I agree. There's a mystery. Mm, I don't think it has. I don't think it has the the idea of the mystery is the journey is what you're in for because a Natalie Portman, Jennifer Jason Lee, and b they have like M15 strapped to their chests. Like I like clearly this yeah. is going to be some kind of like. And she's supposed to you be know. a biologist yeah, and, yeah. Even, and like, all why this do they stuff. Have there's assault rifles. I, I, there's yeah, something, I mean, there's something to do with like I think the story has something to do with um, like only females can go in to this place or something mm. like well, I think, the, like oscar isaac like that's plays natalie portman's husband and like he's in there and oh, now they he? have to go and okay. get him which is like hang on yeah that's a little strange too like, I, like a I, lot I like of everybody involved i love jennifer jason lee and i love oscar yeah, yeah. isaac but i mean i mean ex machina i didn't care for it but like hate there were parts of hate? it hate okay there were yes, parts yeah. of it that like i can see him building on and like you know, yeah there, there were good parts to it but yeah i did not care for it either but uh I'd have to watch it again. I remember enjoying it, but uh, but I mean, Kevin, it, by more all means enjoy it. Well, you I've, can love this movie. Well, I don't know. I might watch it again and be like, wait a minute, like the like the Dark Knight movies. Yeah, you didn't like them. You rewatched? rewatched them and hated them, <laughs> dude. <Good>. It's it's <laughs> yeah, they're terrible. Like, well, especially like, yeah. the third one. <laughs> well, actually, like uh, oh I mean, gosh. I think I think the worst one is Batman Begins because it's just so over like beats you over the head with the yeah. message and the cheesiness and the one liners. See in my head that's the, the best to one. the audience. Which one? The first one. Begins. I don't know. I think Dark Knight, the middle one, is the best, but I mean watch him again and yeah. you might you I'm, might I'm have a different opinion. This is well. the like fifth time we've talked about them on the show. I won't rewatch All the third, but I'll watch the first. Time. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> the third one, like uh, Tom Conti, uh, oh, the guy yeah. from uh, uh, Mr. Lawrence, he's in Dark Knight Rises, uh, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no words. Well, I mean, there's a very satisfying moment where he's like. There's a disc protruding from your back, and he just punches Christian Bale in the back. And like, ah! Solved. <laughs> um, yeah. Now you'll hang there until you can walk. Wow. Um, but before yeah, yeah. we... Uh, but Anne Hathaway in that cat suit, man. Uh, that's that's <laughs> yes. all he talks about. He loves Anne Hathaway it's in the a- cat suit. Watch Havoc, man. Okay. Watch okay. Havoc. Havoc, okay. Havoc. You get to see everything on Anne Hathaway. What is Havoc? It's a movie from... Uh, Oh six, I think, or something. Maybe a little later. Uh, Anne Hathaway plays a uh, rich, spoiled girl uh, from Beverly Hills, uh, who, well, along with her friend, played by Bijou Phillips, another good-looking woman, <laughs> uh, they get uh, hit on by these uh, Mexican gangbangers in like downtown LA, mm. and uh, they bring them back to their house, and they. Uh, they essentially gang rape Bijou Phillips, and then like they try to have sex with uh, Anne Hathaway, and it becomes like this thing where like their like their crime, their criminal lives, like these Mexican gangbangers are like kind of infiltrating into their like their rich you know suburban kind of situation, and it becomes mm. out of control, kind of uh, like drugs and violence and stuff like that. It's, it reminds me of like a Larry Clark movie, hmm. um, but it, it, it's a it's not a great movie or anything. It's it's okay, okay, but. You know, if you like Anne Hathaway, you gotta well, see this one because 
I don't Ooh. know. In that in that context, it kind of makes it a little. You know. Well, she doesn't get gang raped. So <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, uh, I, before we get to our deep dive of Point Break, I, I compiled my list of of Bigelow's films ranked. Cool. Nice. So I'll go over that quickly. Number ten, uh, The Loveless, the worst movie she's made. Uh, number nine, Detroit, Ooh. the second worst movie she's mm. made. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, just awful. Number eight, Zero Dark Thirty, which Jonathan really? Vouch wasn't very good. You didn't but like that, this. No, I didn't like it, but that low. Oh, it's awful. Hmm. Number She's not that many movies either, though. Number seven, The Weight of Water, which, I, again, I've only seen once and I wanted to rewatch, but it feels right at this level. Yeah. K-19, The Widowmaker is number six. Uh, the Hurt Locker is number five. This is where it starts to get really? good. Really? The Hurt oh, Locker okay. is number five. Yeah, where should it be? I don't know. A little higher? No. I remember like that no, a lot. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's, it's, it's good. That sniper scene does a lot. Does a lot of heavy lifting for that yeah. movie. Okay? Mm. I think the rest of it is just kind of slow. Like, eh, it's all right. But that uh, sniper scene is okay. what, what elevates it. Number four, Strange Days. Another one which I've seen a lot. I've seen it, you know, maybe half a dozen times, but I need to rewatch it. That's one lot. I'm interested in seeing because I remember seeing it on the shelf at Blockbuster a lot. And it's good. It's cool. real good. Uh, yeah. Uh, number three, Near Dark, Hell which yeah. used to be one of my favorites. Yeah. But mm-hmm. Dropped a little bit in the last rewatch, but still very, very good. Uh, number two for me, Blue Steel. Love Blue, Blue Steel. Blue Steel is good. Ah. Jamie Lee Curtis is awesome. And again, really hot and, uh, <laughs> at this time in her career. And uh, Clancy Brown gets a oh. gets a good role, gets a good meaty like good guy role, which you don't see him a lot and those kinds of things. And uh, mm. he gets the girl, he gets to sleep with Jamie Lee Curtis. It's just exciting to watch him get his get his due. Yeah. Uh, and then number one, Point Break. Point let's, Break. Let's do it. Break <laughs> which point. brings us to the deep dive of this week. That's right. Point Break. This movie. Uh, it's directed by Catherine Bigelow. It's from 1991. It's called Point Break. It stars Keanu Reeves and Gary Busey and Patrick Swayze and Lori Petty and Tom Sizemore and James LaGrosse and other people. Hmm. And uh, I'll, I'll say it right now. It's a five out of five masterpiece for me. And I again, no irony in that statement. I don't think this is one of these... Some people seem to think this is like one of these like so bad it's good kind yeah, of things they really or something. Do. Right. Or it's cheesy or whatever. I just don't get it. Like I don't see it at all. It, it's it gets clumped in with a lot of eighties movies that are like like Conan and stuff like that. Yeah. Like yeah. Like there's cheese in Conan. I mean, Conan's the Barbie is not it's not a bad movie, but it's, it's okay. like there's a lot of cheese. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, I agree. There's a lot of. Uh, I mean, that's a but that's like a fantasy film. I feel like it's. I feel like it's more like associated with. Uh, you know, like your uh, generic Schwarzenegger kind of action, like raw deal and yeah. commando and stuff oh, like yeah, that yeah. that happened. And I, I don't see it like that at all. I mean, it's got a, it, it, this actually has a story, which is interesting. And the characters are incredibly well drawn and defined. And uh, unlike, you know, most action cinema, like they're not, it's not like, like I, what I love the most about it, I think, is that it's not a typical story for action films. Yeah. Like it's got this kind of unique idea for a story where this cop is undercover and he's trying to find these guys and it turns out that he's becoming friends with them you know and that's something that you don't really like that 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 creates a really interesting conflict in the film that's not really in some of these i mean most action films are based based around revenge i mean see keanu reeves more recent output uh, John Wick, you yeah. know, where the whole thing is because they killed his dog. He kills everybody, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. that's a very simplistic, uh, almost silly, you know, kind of plot. But this is yeah. uh, 
It's definitely not a simple movie, though. I, like, it's, I it's, agree. Well, yeah, like, which, which? Point Break. Oh, I agree. I agree. It's not simple at all. Yeah, like, watching it again, it's like, yeah, I could see why people would lump it in with a certain thing, because, like, it definitely is definitely different for the time, and it's still different. Like, I mean... You know, like, uh, you got, like, Gangs of New York where DiCaprio, like, his whole mission is to kill Daniel Day-Lewis, but then he's like, no, he's kind of a father to me. Like, mm-hmm. I actually really dig this guy. I, don't, <laughs> I feel bad about killing him, but, like, I feel like it's a little better done in Point Break. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, and I, I could see why people – and. You know, the, it's, the way it's done, I could see why it would confuse a lot of, like, casual viewers – of action movies, so yeah, I think yeah. it dates itself pretty heavily too with the the scene, you know, where it is. I think where anything it's with surfing is like I don't, yeah, I don't see, not, but not in a bad way, not in a bad no, way. I don't. I, well, I'm not. I wouldn't even argue that that is bad if it dated. Because <laughs> I, I was going to say this too about the the idea of a movie dating itself. Yeah. Like a movie is from the time yeah. in which it is made. Right. How is a movie dated? Like I don't understand. <laughs> like I was thinking about that. The well, other it doesn't day. age well. Like some movies don't age that, well. You know? that, I think that's a better way of saying it because yeah. I was okay. thinking about that the other day. I was like, I was like, a movie that's made in 1965 is from 1965. Like how? Yeah. It's dated. Yeah, it's dated. It's from 1965. Well, for like, me, something that's dated is like like there's there's just like a heavy amount of like pop culture references. Blah blah. You know, like it, it like. But I don't. It, feel it's like, not a. It's not a good or bad thing. It's it's just it's rooting itself in that time. We'll you know see. I mean? Okay. Well, I I don't necessarily get that from this movie, uh, just because of mm. surfing. No, I mean just the way the music. Maybe, is. maybe some of the song choices are a little like early nineties. Yeah. Like you know. Yeah, but I think you're gonna get that in like you know it's an action movie set in Los Angeles. You know you're gonna have you know. These are all great things kind of, to me. I'm just saying this is this might yeah, I mean, this might turn some people off. I I, you know I, mean? I think I think the idea I think people hear about this movie and they hear that it's about bank robbers who surf and they think it's retarded surfing. <laughs> but yeah. I like I, again I'll yeah. say you know like I said last week I don't that's not what it's about like it, that that is part of the plot but the movie is about that relationship between Keanu Reeves and, and Patrick Swayze yeah and it's a complicated relationship because a we know from the beginning. Or we can assume from the beginning, even if we've never seen the film, we can assume that Patrick Swayze is the bad guy, right? Yeah. And, I mean, it's his voice under the mask in the first bank robbery scene, so we can assume it's him doing it. So when they when they come together and they meet and they play football the first time and everything, you know, and they have this, like, fun rivalry thing and they, they were... All the, the all the guys respect him because he was the quarterback or whatever. Yeah, they used yeah. to watch him on yeah. on TV, uh, and all that's really interesting because now he's like getting in deep with him. And we're as the audience, I feel like we're you know when you watch it the first time, anyways, you're probably like you know, no, like don't become friends with this guy. This guy's the bad guy, you know. But yeah. you, know, you can also see that there's you know going to be a problem later, which is interesting. Yeah, and I think that. Um, Beyond like the story elements and stuff, I mean, the it's like easily Bigelow's best directed film. I mean, she's doing mm. really interesting things in this for action cinema. Yeah. Just like the idea of this that the just the foot chase, the steady foot chase, to say that. yeah, is it's insane. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. It's crazy how it's really good, good it is. Like, there's nothing like it. And I mean, it's after this, she does uh, Strange Days, which starts out with 
uh, a, a foot chase also, mm. but it's from the it's in first person perspective. So she's just taking it like a step further in that film, and I think she's a real like innovator in that way. And I, I wish she was still doing action movies and not these political. It's just really depressing. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's the thing about Bigelow these days. It's kind of like whatever, like kind of kind of controversial thing that was been happening in the military in like the past week. Like, hey, let's start working on a screenplay for that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so terrible. It's just boring. <laughs> it's just boring. I don't, and I don't, I don't dig her new aesthetic with all her handheld stuff and mm-hmm. like documentary style. I'm just not into it at all. Yeah, but. This that's why I like these early movies so much better because they're they're so clean and they're uh, James Cam- she's with James Cameron at this time and he's executive producing this movie and mm. uh, he wrote Strange Days or co-wrote Strange Days and um so it's like you can see his stamp on him too like he's clearly involved on a creative level as well because I mean even like there are even like certain shots and stuff where I'm like this looks like a James Cameron movie and there's like there's like even like choice of weaponry. Like the cop in the in the uh, scene when they rob the bank with Keanu Reeves, the cop on the ground, the mm-hmm. undercover guy, or the not undercover, the off duty cop, right? The gun he pulls out. I don't know why. Every time I see that, I'm like, that's James Cameron. James Cameron picked that gun out for this guy to have. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. He's a yeah. He, he seems like a very like utilitarian kind kind of guy. Like mm-hmm. he's just like you know shoot the shoot you know or shoot yeah. the shot you know what i mean like it's yeah. nothing really so overtly artistic you know what i mean like he's no just, yeah i agree i get that a lot in point uh point break yeah yeah she's just trying to like shoot these characters but uh i really like the ending a lot all the entire him ending. throwing the badge in the water yeah fantastic. <laughs> no but like the the whole like the whole gut like going to australia or whatever i love that, that too. that's just it's a great i've coda. always loved that it's he, a great coda he, the first time i saw it like when i was 12 i was like that rules like yeah. they went to australia that's awesome <laughs> but like i just still i just love that ending like, i do too fantastic. i love that he i love when he confronts him all the dialogue there is awesome like yeah. the you know Found a piece of meat in Baja. Turned out to be Rosie. <laughs> you gotta go down. You know, he's he's he, uh, it's it's great. It's a great. It's a it, two great performances, in my opinion, mm. culminating at the end of the film. And that even like the little they they manage to inject a little bit of action in there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that last fist fight yeah. in the water, just great. Yeah. What I think Keanu? you were, hmm? What about Keanu? I think he's great Acting. in it. I think he's great in it. Mm. I think he's like kind of a punching bag for people I in agree. this movie. Yeah, it's, it's unfair. I don't get it. Like, make fun of him for Dracula. Fine, okay. He mm. tried to he, do an English accent. Yeah. He failed. But this, he's great. In he's it. like a football quarterback. What, a quarterback. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Quarterback. I and mean, it's like it just makes sense. Like the his, only problem, his, I, the only problem I could see voice makes or I could justify yeah. would be that he has this kind of like surfer dude voice yeah. and he's yeah. supposed to be from Ohio or wherever. Yeah. 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 Which, I mean, but it's like that. I mean, what are you going to do? Like the, he's from Hawaii. Like he's, I mean, like what, well, you know, well, like, he I, was like I would rather him not try to do some Midwestern. Accent, I agree. You know what I mean? That would have like, been the train wreck. Yeah. And like, yeah, Reeves is interesting too, because like he was born in Lebanon. He was raised in Canada. So he's going to have like a very, you know, distinct kind of voice, you know, just, yeah, as Keanu Reeves as that person, and I think a lot of it comes from this kind of lazy reference to Bill and Ted. You know, it's just kind yeah, of like, yeah. Oh, he's in Bill and Ted. So he's like, oh, he's like a surfer dude, or whatever. It's like a stoner, bro. Yeah, it's yeah. Just like, I mean, yeah, he, it's a character he played. Sure, you know, I, yeah. <laughs> whatever, you know, like we'll watch. Uh, 
my own private Idaho and tell me he can't. Oh act. man, yeah, like, dude, he's, he's so great. In yeah, that. he's yeah. awesome. I, I, I just, yeah, I, I agree. It's a punching bag, and I don't like it. Yeah, I'm here today to stand up for Keanu Reeves. <laughs> yeah, and Swayze, and Swayze, it, yeah, easily like, his best performance. Easily, yeah, for Amazing. sure. Easily, he gets dark too. Like he gets, he's pretty evil. I love the. Yeah. That's my favorite scene of him acting. Uh, mm-hmm. Is when he shows. Uh, Johnny Utah, the video of and he yeah, says, yeah, yeah. Man, I hate this. I hate yeah, violence. Dude, that's so good. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. And like, uh, yeah, like you see it in his eyes. Like, yeah, like you know, most of the movie, he's he's Bodhi, man. You know, he's he's the Bodhisattva. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but then and like you see it in his eyes. Like, yeah, he is the Bodhisattva. You know, he is a very positive influence on these people's lives sure. you know for good or bad the robin banks whatever but uh well he's got he's got a, but yeah, a like philosophy to it's almost like yeah, a cult yeah. leader it's yeah, almost like exactly. a cult leader yeah. but like with, with without the uh the cyanide and the flavor yeah. aid. but exactly. uh but yeah like you see it in his face like he really doesn't want to do this right. but he knows that he that's Reeves's Achilles heel. He'll do whatever he has to do to keep the thing alive. That yeah, the, yeah. The, like, like what Gary Busey says, they rob banks to finance their endless summer. It's like, yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah. He'll, he'll do whatever he has to do to keep that alive. Yeah. And it's like when Gromit gets shot in the bank, like yeah. he's genuinely heartbroken that this guy is dying. You know? Yeah. And it's just like that. That's good too. It's just these are things that are little, they're little things, but they build character. You know. And it's it's one of the reasons why you know you care about these these yeah. two guys. Like you don't yeah, want to yeah. hate Patrick Swayze in the movie. Like you almost want to go like, well, the Robin Banks to like you know like fuck the man. You know exactly. what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. But it's like and you're like on board with him, and then he gets a little too dark, and yeah. you're like, no, yeah, like, I yeah. want to like him. And yeah. it, you feel like Keanu Reeves. Now you're like you can see why Keanu Reeves is like having that struggle. Even yeah, as and that the best scene of that, even as Keanu Reeves, he knows now. That they are the bank robbers. Yeah, yeah. They come yeah, and yeah. get him. They go skydiving. At the end of that, he's just all yeah. smiles. They he like, loves it. They're having a good time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even as he's walking to the van to watch the video, he's just like, "All right, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. no big deal." Yeah. <laughs> it's it's yeah. I I I think that the movie doesn't get enough. This is the reason I suggest the movies because I don't think it gets enough. It doesn't get talked about enough as a serious piece of cinema, and I think that it is. I think it's great and for sure. Uh, and for those reasons, you know, yeah. how about the um, the action overall? I mean, the scene when they raid the house of the tweakers—that's <laughs> legendary. It's that that and the bank robbery. It, I mean, th- those are just legendary scenes. Like, I agree. Yeah. I've seen them a thousand times. Man, but, like still hold up. Anthony Keaton shooting himself yeah. in the foot, <laughs> <laughs> and he plays it so like I feel like he did shoot himself in the foot. Like he's screaming. Yeah, so, like he's out of control. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, like no one, no one would I know about him. Like, <laughs> like he basically like was kind of that character mm-hmm. when he was in his, when he was a teenager. Like, like he broke his back by like he was jumping from like uh, an apartment balcony or something, something like really, really like stupidly high up <laughs> that he should never have done. But you know, he's like fourteen, fifteen, and so you know. So he jumps. He doesn't quite get to the water. He gets like right on the oh, edge of the no. pool and like lands on his feet and breaks his back. Ugh. So like, like I I can just see like him just channeling his fifteen year old yeah. self in in that moment and and yeah like when when they like they, when Bigelow does like the close ups of the gang as like Reeves is looking at him like you know just yeah I'm Anthony Kiedis <laughs> like. <laughs> like 
So this is when you guys blah blah blah. You tell me about how yeah. locals rule and yuppie insects like me should just stay off your brakes, right? <laughs> that would be a waste of time. <laughs> I love the uh, the the villain from uh, Cyborg playing War Child. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A.K.A. Lupton Pittman. <laughs> he's, he's great, too, yeah. How do we feel about Gary Busey? I mean, let's... Uh, that shouting match godly. that he and Reeves have when they're checking out the car oh, yeah. is brilliant. Busey is incredible. He's yeah, awesome he is. Yeah, absolutely incredible. Like another guy who I think gets a lot of flack, and maybe more deservedly so, because in recent years he's kind of went off the deep end with his like weird conspiratorial... Yeah, yeah. His personality has become bigger than uh, yeah. his, his acting, but like... This movie and and some other things that you know like the Buddy Holly story and uh, yeah. Straight Time and other films that he did before this uh, you know I mean he's a good actor he had a lot of uh, Lethal Weapon even you know he's got he's yeah. got he's got talent you know and I think this movie I, I said it before I'll say it again the best performance of his career best performance of everybody in the movie so yeah yeah I mean I think like like with uh, Ben Johnson and Melvin Purvis like the the old rundown FBI agent who's been doing this forever and is just at the end of his rope like Busey just fits that so well yeah yeah he's great and I yeah I agree I love the I love all the shouting matches I love when he hits uh, John C McGinley in the face the <laughs> yeah end. yeah he tells him he yeah. has respect for his elders yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh um any idea why Tom Sizemore is uncredited in the movie Tom Sizemore uh, his first film is Blue Steel. Okay. So Catherine Bigelow made him, right. essentially. And yeah. uh, he's in Strange Days. He plays a big, big role in Strange Days. Okay. And uh, I think he was just doing a favor for her, essentially. Cool. That's probably why he's incredited. Okay. Because, I mean, yeah. yeah. And I think he's awesome in it. Too. Yeah. Even like, just his scene of anger where he, you know, you think yeah. I like this hair, man? You <laughs> think I like this tattoo? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's great. Yeah, that whole action sequence, though, I mean... Yeah, like the the naked woman in the shower starts stabbing the one cop. It's just in, it's intense. It's insane. Yeah, yeah. And the the idea that at the end of it, Warchild is going to feed Johnny Utah's face into a lawnmower. Yeah, like yeah. that's crazy. Yeah, like when you think about that, like what if he had done that? Like what's the end of that? He's oh, going to push his face that. in the lawnmower and run away. I don't want to say. Like, like, yeah, I mean, it would have been it would have been like shit, uh, you know, yeah, like Fargo or like. Yeah. Well, dead alive, you know? It would have been just like dead alive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Probably not that gross because they wouldn't have gone that far with it. That's true. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> that is really, a very really, gross really, really heinous. Unbelievable. Yeah. What else? Keep it going. I, 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 yeah. <laughs> the planets my, are aligned for this one. Yeah. Well, my own my only beef with the movie okay, is I feel go. like negative. the uh, Oh yeah, negative. So the uh <laughs> The, the the last bank robbery and the scene at the airport. Mm-hmm. I think like though like the whole the whole like uh, you know um surveying the damage at the bank, like that should I think that should have been cut. Like the the banks the bank sequence and That's where he punches harp out. <laughs> yeah, I know, but like and, and that's a great moment, but like the rest of it like it's like Okay, I want us to I want us to get to the airport now because they're get, they're about to get away. Like I feel like that holds up the that. narrative quite a bit. Like I I love the the ending in Australia, but like I wanted the bank sequence and the airport one to just go bam 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 bam, and then you know they, then they end up in the desert, and then then you have the nice coda in Australia. It's another example. Also, you were talking about slow motion action before. Mm. There's a lot of slow motion action in this. Uh, anytime anybody's shot pretty much is in slow motion. Like right. the actual shot is usually like 
in real time, and then they'll cut to slow motion of the person actually like the bullet hitting. Yeah, yeah. You know, so like when uh, James Lagros plays Roach, his, his character is shot twice. Mm. It's kind of in slow mo, and then when Nathaniel is shot, he falls down in slow mo. Yeah, uh, and when Gary Busey is, of course, spoiler, he's you know just shredded up with that shotgun <laughs> at the end. Yeah, and it's. <laughs> Oof. And if you watch it, the interesting thing is if you watch the VHS, which I used to do quite a bit, oh. uh, it's not matted, so it's in you know four three or full frame or whatever, and it's a lot more graphic for that reason because that oh. matting that that widescreen letterbox cuts off some of that violence. Oh no, you know? interesting. Yeah. So if anything, I mean, one good reason to watch something on VHS. If so are you are you going to watch the VHS? No, I'm never going to watch the VHS. Oh. <laughs> I can't do it. It's just so it's so good looking on Blu-ray. I can't. It's a I, beautiful I film. It's so beautiful, and I all the the surfing is looks awesome. I love that Patrick Swayze is like doing everything. Like he's actually out yeah. there surfing. Yeah, like, like apparently he like broke some of his ribs. Did during, he? Yeah, I was reading the uh, Wikipedia page on it, and like he refused to have a stunt double because he had never had one before in like yeah. fights or uh, car chases or anything like that. So he was like. Like, nah, man, I'm doing this. I'm doing this myself. And, and apparently, like the guy who like trained everybody and Louis, the um, the instructor for the uh, the parachute jumps, apparently Swayze like took to it like like a fish to water. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. As I understood, he was. I, I might. I might have this wrong. I don't remember where I heard this. This has been like my not. I've thought this since like I was a kid. Mm. But I was also under the impression that like he did all this stuff on his own. Like he was. He was into extreme sports and stuff. I don't know. Like he was actually he, the characters. I mean, he seems like he, I know. Yeah, I mean, like, like Swayze like, is in like amazing shape, and oh, like yeah. the, when he does like uh, those karate moves, like anybody else, I could see it. Like, no, nah, that's kind of cheesy, bro. But like the way he sells it yeah. is great. Like that's I could see him doing like you know karate or jujitsu or whatever that and i think it also has to do with the sound effects there not Mm. your traditional action like punch sound effects kick sound effects it's like meat yeah yeah whenever they fight which is awesome like yeah it's not like the like super (laughs) ramped up like harrison ford punches that you hear in like it's not not overly edited either like all the action is not like you know yeah yeah like it's like it's very easy to follow yeah exactly it's not like crazy yeah, like today, like, that was that was another thing uh, talking about the uh, Dark Knight movies. Like, you know, they're supposed to be like quote unquote like so gritty and realistic. You can't even tell what's happening. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, you can't you can't tell what's happening, and not once in any of those three movies will you see an actual fist hit somebody's body. Really? Yeah. Interesting. interesting. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Like you, like you never see a punch or a kick land. Nolan's such a pussy, man. I, I can't. I can't yeah, even deal I mean, with it. But anyway, yeah. well, uh, I, I guess if I was to say something negative about the film, which I mean, I'm not like you know, I'm not like rose-colored glasses with this thing. I love it, but I mean, it's got, mm. it's got a couple of problems. Like I don't, I, I don't like the idea that he throws his badge into the water at the end. I think that's a little cheesy, a little uh, mm. you know. Kinda, yeah, it is cheesy. It's been but, done a lot, and yeah. it's like I kind of I, 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 you know, you can justify it though. You can say like this is clearly like the case of his life. You know, like he's never going to experience anything like this again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you know, he's done yeah. being a cop. He doesn't want to do this again. He doesn't want to you know meet people that he respects and likes, and then have to bring them in or see yeah. them die or whatever. So. You know that makes sense, I guess, on a certain level. There's, there's a, there's a uh, maybe like one or two comedy beats that don't work for me. 
I think a lot of it's good and a lot of it's pretty funny, especially anything like Gary Busey does, like his give me uh, two. Yeah, give me two. You know, <laughs> yeah. this whole, and, and like where, where, yeah, where should have gotten three of these things. The guy, the guy who comes around with the oranges, and he says, "No, no, we got a lot. We got a lot." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like they already got oranges. It's yeah. ridiculous. But uh, um, but I mean, there's a couple of things. <laughs> Cold pizza, great for breakfast. Yeah, yeah, that, all that stuff rules. There's a couple of scenes I don't even remember. Honestly, I'm trying to think of one. Oh, uh, uh, like there's a there's kind of a throwaway line where Keanu Reeves uh, is talking about the um, the the testing that they did on the hair or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, and and Gary Busey says thirty banks in two years. And all we got is one fucking hair. And then uh, and Keanu Reeves says. Pay attention, Angela. There's going to be a test afterwards, and it's like, yeah, yeah, like, I, yeah. I, I, that's not very funny. Like, you know, yeah. could just, 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 you know, just tell them to pay attention. Like, get, yeah, get yeah. It. Like, we don't need a comedy beat here. But it's, but you know, that's like a, that's so nitpicky. You know, yeah, I don't really care. Still what do you think of the, uh, the opening sequence where he's doing like the uh, the testing range in the rain? I think that that's like probably as typical generic cliche action as the movie. <laughs> yeah, is. yeah, yeah. And I think if you watch it and you're like starting out with that, I can see how you'd be like, okay, this is gonna be a ridiculous movie. But it's not. Like that that is like the most ridiculous part of yeah, the whole movie. Yeah. yeah. That the fact that it's like pouring down and he's doing this. Yeah. But I do love the line hundred percent Utah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's great. It's great stuff. Yeah. I think I think for me like by default, I like this movie because it's got, like, surfing in it. I'm not, like, a surfer or anything, but, like, surfing, skateboarding, like, those cultures are just, like, just so ripe for just, you know, misbehavior and yeah. violence and, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I just love anything with that, and I wish they, I wish people would do more stuff with that. You should watch, uh, <clears throat> I've been meaning to watch it myself, it's a movie called uh, Big Wednesday. Mm-hmm. It's uh, from the 70s. It's directed by John Milius. Oh, cool. It's actually his first film, I think. Oh. And it's all about surfing because he was a big surfer back in the seventies. Yeah, mm. and I mean, it's not. Like, I don't think it's about like you know gang activity or anything. But it's yeah. <laughs> but it's uh, it's supposed to be pretty good. Yeah. So. You should also watch uh, Surf Ninjas. Oh yeah, Surf totally. Oh, yes, yeah. yeah, with cool. the guy from uh, Ninja Turtles too. Yeah, Ernie Ernie Reyes Jr. <laughs> Ernie Reyes Jr. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's great. And that's another one. Like like yeah, you could like. Okay, you know, surf, ninjas, ninjas. You're Im- immediately <laughs> you're thinking like, oh God, I'm going to drown in nacho cheese, <laughs> but I still love that movie. Okay, wow. Okay, so, so we, this, okay, I, I thought you were kidding. <laughs> no, I, you're being but, serious. But, wait, wait, hang on, hang on. This is one of those like, I'm not going to, like, if someone like brings up like how ridiculous it is, I'm not going to defend it, but like, it's, it's a movie that like I've loved since my childhood. I and, literally like, haven't seen it since the theater. Okay. I was, you saw it in the theater? I was seven years old, eight years wow. old. Wow. Yeah. Saw it. My dad took me and my brother to see it, and nice. uh, we loved it. Yeah, I haven't yeah. watched it since. I don't think amazing. Might have, might actually might have had it on video, but I don't remember. Okay, yeah. But I mean, definitely, you know, loved it. But like, you know, loved anything with ninjas. Loved Ninja Turtles. Yeah, loved, yeah. Uh, three ninjas. Yeah, loved, yeah, uh, yeah. Surf ninjas. Anything with the word ninja in it was going to work for any me. like Asian appropriation. Yeah, any like, kind pretty of, much. Uh, yeah. yeah, you know, karate esque <laughs> stuff. Yeah, you yeah. Know? but uh, yeah. So uh, anyway, uh, I guess you know, scores five five out of five for me. Uh, I, I haven't seen this for a y- in a year. <laughs> So uh, I'm pretty sure I gave it a four and a half. Yeah, so that yeah. sounds right. Four. Four. Good. Excellent. So uh, we're going to move on then cool. to um, our feedback section. We got interesting quite a bit of feedback. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three different feedbacks. Oh, that's is, a lot? 
That's big for us. Okay, cool. Yeah, we cool. usually get like one or none. So yeah. Uh, awesome. First, first, I just want to acknowledge. It's not really a question or anything, but we got a feedback from from our, our, our listener John Ryan. Oh, awesome! Who's a, a former listener of, of our former podcast? He Is watches, that right? He watches yeah. way too many movies. Yeah, he watches like <laughs> seventeen movies. I've almost a unfollowed day. him. Jeez. I've, I've almost unfollowed him like twenty times on Letterboxd because yeah. he just oh, wow. is spams my feed with like <laughs> just the most obscure stuff, foreign I, stuff. It's crazy, like Chinese yeah. movies from like nineteen twenty-five. Yeah, whoa! Yeah, I don't even whoa. know. Like, <laughs> He's, yeah, he, he he claimed he was a guest on one of our episodes when we used to do the other podcast, and he, oh, okay. he said uh, it's a it's a disease that he just has to watch movies all the time. So it's uh, very it's, knowledgeable. I can kind of see where he's coming from because yeah. like I've got like fifteen movies checked out right now, and I've got you know four more on the way. So absolutely. Yeah. So he wrote in and said uh, he was going to talk to us about the Ozu. Uh, mm. We watched late. We were supposed to watch late spring. I watched early spring accidentally. They watched late spring. Uh, Jordan really <laughs> liked it. Uh, Kevin wasn't a big fan of it. I'm yeah. not a big fan of early spring. But he was writing in and he said, uh, "Good morning." Uh, the film "Good Morning" by Ozu is the the most lighthearted Ozu I've seen of many, and has several qualities that make it easier for 21st century Westerners to get into than both late spring and early spring. It's in color. It's funny. It features a relatable conflict. Kids want a new entertainment technology. The parents say no. And most importantly, it's about 90 minutes. So nice. that, is, that is a big selling point for me because early yeah. spring was two and a half hours long, oh, uh, which was, a mis- and, I, and I watched it by mistake. And the movie we were supposed to watch is only an hour and 48 or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it's like, what a disaster. I, um, I haven't seen yeah. any. It was you. I, 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 right now, I can't recommend that you do. But no. I mean, uh, what I about hear, Tokyo? Tokyo story. I hear a lot of great. Is that the, that's the big yeah. one. He yeah, says. I, that he, sa- he says I like this film. Or he says I think this film makes a much more accessible entry into Ozu's filmography than Early Spring, Late Spring, or even the lengthy classic Tokyo Story. Okay. So yeah. Jordan really likes Tokyo Story. Also, it's another one. It's like two thirty-five. It's crazy. Oh boy. So I mean, and it's I, I just I I can't do it. He said enjoying both the podcast and the blog. Thanks, John. So thank you, John, for your feedback. Really, really, really appreciate it. Uh, next time, write a question, asshole, because we really need some questions to answer, <laughs> some discussion to generate here. But Just uh, one more thing <laughs> about uh, Good Morning. Um, I believe, I'll, I'd have to watch it again, but uh, Michael Sarah, uh, John, uh, Jordan's favorite actor of all time. Right. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. He, Are you serious? No, I'm making okay, 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 uh, <laughs> say He says he's really cool. He watched interviews with him where yeah. he like, references. But like, oh, no. His, uh, his uh, Criterion Closet is like yeah. the worst thing I've That's ever seen. That's actually what I was going to talk about. I believe that he talks about Good Morning in his Criterion Closet. Of course closet. he does. He does. So, he does yeah. Okay, yeah. I watched that uh, not too long ago, yeah. Right, yeah. I, I can't stand him. I, interestingly enough, and just not to go back to Twin Peaks constantly, but he's in Twin saw Peaks. the scene with him in Twin he's Peaks. He's kind of funny. Huh. It's It's really... Oh, it's a really weird scene. Yeah. I like the scene. I don't know if I like him in it, but I like the I like the way he delivers the lines. I like yeah. the lines a lot. Yeah. Uh-huh. But uh, he plays this kind of uh, uh, James Dean esque. Not James Dean. Marlon Brando. Marlon Brando. Yeah. Marlon. Oh. Brando. The wild one. He's yeah, just, yeah, just yeah. like him. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's right. Okay. Yeah. And he, he's talking, and it's this very like Kerouac. Yeah. Like, oh boy. Clothes, and it's just, it's pretty weird. <laughs> Anyways, we got another um, great email from uh, <clears throat> somebody named Cedric. Says greetings from Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Enjoying Whoa. the show. I have a question that may stir some discussion. If you could choose one deceased director to come back from the grave and make a film, who would you choose? Personally, I'd pick Frank Capra. It's a Wonderful Life is my all-time favorite movie. And then in quotations, uh, he puts 
not in quotations, parentheses, sorry. He puts, I'm a huge pussy, ha ha. Also, maybe Ted Dimmy? <laughs> Blow is an underrated gym. Exclamation points followed by ones. Uh, anyway, thanks for your time and discussion and podcast. You guys seem cool, except Kevin. Just kidding. <laughs> Fuck the police. Out. <laughs> so thank you for your question, Cedric. Uh, wh- what do you guys think? Who would you want to see uh, come back from the grave to direct a film? It's going to be like probably cliche, but I mean Kubrick. I, I mean Kubrick was my first thought too. I mean I don't see how you go, go with wrong the giant. With I don't, you yeah. know what I mean? He's that's why shot is amazing. And there's, then there's uh, nothing bad that he's ever done. So if he comes back, he'll probably do something good. Yeah, you know. And it's a shame that AI wasn't his. I, I agree. Know. It's a shame that he uh, yeah, Spielberg he made Schindler's it. List and he didn't get to make Aryan Papers, which would have been great too. Like just. Spielberg really wrecked Kubrick's career, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but he was a fan. Like, didn't he have, like, sort of like Kubrick's uh, <laughs> blessing or whatever? Yeah, he had Kubrick's blessing. Yeah. But Kubrick was senile before the end. You know, uh, you know this. Nobody's going to bless Steven Spielberg to whatever. Anyway, well, what, what do you think? Who, who uh, would you like to see? Uh, you want to rehash your joke from earlier about George <laughs> Romero? Well, obviously, if you're going to have a director come back from the grave, George Romero. Sounds I good. mean, have him come back as a zombie to make another movie about zombies, or if you want to, or to to or a zombie make a movie about normal people. That, oh, that, that could work yeah. too. It's all very meta. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or or yeah, if you want to go even further with uh, uh, Jordan's uh, thing of like go the full Fellini. Make, you know, a zombie director making a movie about a zombie director. <laughs> That'd be a five star for Jordan for sure. Oh, definitely. Um, but yeah, it's like I'm trying to think of like what director, well, what directors that I Dead really, directors yeah. for one. I mean, you got, okay, yeah. you got Kubrick, right? But what yeah. other dead directors are there that you can think of who are like. Yeah, who, really, who really I would great. want to see another, another movie made by. Um, Let's see. Oshima's not dead, right? Uh, or is he? He might be. I mean, for me, it's absolutely Tarkovsky. I, I don't know. Oh, like, there you I mean, go. That no, that's be, num- that's yeah. actually number one. I mean, oh, yeah. that's a good one. Okay, uh, Rainer Werner Fassbender. Yeah, Fassbender. Is I would, especially in this today's like cultural climate, to see what he would do now, which mm. I'm sure he'd have to go his, even further to push, push yeah. buttons like he did. You his know? last right. stuff was more. Yeah, out there too. Yeah, so I yeah. agree with uh, Tarkovsky as well, though. That'd be really interesting. Yeah, we we need Tarkovsky. <laughs> yeah, do we ever? But, How about uh, Kurosawa? Uh, I don't know. Like I, he made enough. <laughs> I mean, I think he did. He could stay dead. <laughs> well, like, he, he made I thought, enough. I thought Dreams like <laughs> looked really pretty, but overall, as a movie, I'm like, yeah, okay. Eh. I see. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen it either. Okay. Uh, but yeah, um, I, I I don't know. That's it. Yeah. Tarkovsky's it. Tarkovsky. Yep. Or Kubrick. Both. They could both come back and co-direct the movie about space. I would Stalker <laughs> to yeah. a space odyssey. The quickening. <laughs> oh my, oh my. Okay, well, thank you for the question, Cedric. We got one more question here from Jimmy Ray, who wrote in a couple of weeks ago. About something or other that we talked about. Yeah, and it made his week, as you can see in his yeah, email. Yeah, he says, uh, thank you lots for answering my question last week. It was the high point of my week, absolutely. I have another question if you want to discuss. What are the respective sizes of your movie collections? Who has what? Do you guys buy DVDs or Blu-rays? 
or even VHSs. Ha ha. <laughs> I buy a lot of movies, and my collection is over 200 now. What's the most you ever spent on a single movie? Thanks again, Jimmy Ray. I think John's first on this. Well, I'll say, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, not to, I mean, I, yeah, obviously I have a, a rather a large collection for the crowd that I run in. I don't know anybody who has as many as I do, but I mean, I, I know of people who have lots more than I do. I have about 800 uh, titles, maybe nine now. I don't know. It's been a while since Just Blu-ray? No, Blu-rays and DVDs. Okay. I do have more Blu-rays than DVDs at this point, though. Uh, um, you have laser discs as well? I do have, uh, well, I don't really count those as part of my collection. I, do, I yeah. maybe have a 20 or 30 laser discs, but I mean, that's just kind of like to collect. I yeah, yeah. Try to watch those if I can help it. But yeah. um, do you keep DVDs after you've gotten the Blu rays? No, absolutely okay. not. I, I sell them immediately. In fact, I've got boxes of DVDs that need to go because I've upgraded them to, to, to Blu ray. So, FYE will actually, like, you can just FYE put in. FYE's been closed for months, my friend. Well, no, you can do it online. Oh, okay. You can just, like, put <laughs> in the titles or the. U- Hmm? They didn't go bankrupt? Uh, well, I'd have to check on that. But, okay, uh, but you can trade them in online. Well, yeah, you can like cool. do do the um, put in like the titles or the UPCs, and um, then you know like just do the whole thing and you know ship them to uh, Fye's place. I think it was in like Kentucky, hmm. and they'll like reimburse you a little bit for the uh, for the shipping. But yeah, they'll like send you a payment through PayPal. I've got about at least fifty DVDs that I'm trying to get rid of, but um, mostly, I mean, yeah, I, I don't, I don't buy DVDs if I can help it these days. Mm. Uh, but some things, unfortunately, just don't come out on Blu-ray, and it's a real, it's a sadness. But uh, so yeah, I've got, a, I've got a lot of, a lot of movies, um, and the most I've ever spent on a single movie is really easy. I bought uh, the Criterion out of print, uh, Milky Way, the Louis Boonwell film, and um, it costs sixty bucks or something. So, mm. it was, I mean, it's a lot for one movie, I guess. Hmm. Like I, uh, I don't know how big my collection is. I've got it's probably in like the hundreds or two hundreds, but uh, I, the most I ever spent was like. 55 or something like that. It was the criterion of uh, Brazil mm-hmm. when it was, you know, like a, like the full, like uh, three discs. Oh yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. Went down to uh, Tower Records in New Orleans when it was still there. Don't you miss oh, Tower Records? I, I miss Tower Virgin Records. Too. I miss oh Virgin Records. Like, both of those places were amazing, and it's a real shame that they're not there anymore. That Criterion uh, section they had there. Yeah. It was a whole floor. It was insane. It's yeah. nuts. Yeah. That I, I dream about Virgin Megastore. And yeah. I was telling Nicole the other day, when we went to New York... Remember how disappointing the Virgin Megastore was in Times Square? Yeah. And we were looking for vinyl, and they had, like, a rack of, like, 16 lists of, like, 16 titles. And I was like, <laughs> it. There's, like, nothing in the whole... And I was like, New Orleans has more vinyl. This is ridiculous. Yeah, like, uh, was it Peaches... Well, I don't know. The last time I went to Peaches Records, like, they had moved. I don't know and, what Peaches Records is. Uh, it was... Uh, That's it, in New it Orleans? T- yeah, it uh, took for a little while. It was in the the space that uh, Virgin was in, but then they moved like way further down. Like it's at like Decatur and Esplanade, so it's oh, like okay. all, like pretty much out of the quarter at that point. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, like it was. Uh, they had a pretty decent selection. I got a copy of uh, Future Days by Can there nice. and uh, on vinyl. No uh, CD, but mm. um, we uh, 
I mean, we went into New York in 2007. So granted, ah. this was at the, you know, if if vinyl was even coming back at that time, it was at the very beginning of it. I mean, yeah, now, yeah. I imagine now there's, um, I mean, obviously the Virgin Megastore's not there anymore, but I'm sure there's, I mean, you can buy vinyl at, you know, Best Buy now. So it's like, I'm sure there's, yeah. uh, you know, more options. There's probably a lot of independent stores. We went to a lot of independent around. stores. We did. And those, they, they had a great. lot of vinyl. They were yeah. good, but uh, yeah, I'm sure there's more of them now. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah, just I just remember just being so disappointed with. I was so excited about Virgin Megastar, and it yeah. was just such a disappointment. But anyway, uh, Jonathan, your collection? Um, I collect vinyl, so I don't really have a lot of movies. <laughs> okay. But uh, I, I probably have like I don't know. What do you, what do you think? Like I say, you 80? have. I mean, no, I'd say. Well, are you, like just yours? Yeah, because you, you collect- me and my wife's are like combined. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so, like uh, co- yeah. collectively, it's probably like two hundred. Two hundred. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, you, maybe you just. I really only buy like Criterion or just like box sets stuff. That's mm. like really, you know. I don't just go to Best Buy and buy like whatever's out. I, I just like buy the stuff I really, really that's like. A subtle dig at me. No, it's just like, <laughs> like you have it. Like why, you know, if I really want to watch, it, I'll just borrow it from that's you. That's true. That's true. Yeah, that's, yeah. I, I, I guess I've taken. I'm that. I'm that guy. You're that guy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'll yeah. Have you movies. definitely. I have like nobody five, else has to buy anything because I, I think have. I have like three of your Blu-rays, three or four of your Blu-rays. Do you? I have Corey. Uh, wild, wild Bill. What is Corey? Corey. Oh, Quarry. Quarry. Yeah. Quarry. Uh, wild Bill. You have Wild Bill. That's on DVD. Actually, um, you can have that because okay, I'm about cool. to buy the Blu-ray that's coming out on Twilight Sweet. Time later this month. I've mm. got something else too. Um, but yeah, I don't know. You need to watch Quarry. And the most expensive one is probably the uh, probably the Stan Brackage collection on oh, Criterion. Yeah. yeah. Mm. That was like a hundred bucks. I think I got that for Christmas. I so. didn't buy it on the sale either, so it was. Ouch. But it rules. Yeah, it is good. Brackage is uh, amazing. Yeah, it yeah. is good stuff. Um, so thanks for your question, Jimmy Ray. Thanks for all your questions, uh, listeners. Please feel free to write in more. We love to answer questions. Uh, write to us at feedback at filmyakpodcast dot com, and we will answer your questions on the show automatically. It doesn't matter what it is. Ask us anything. Desperate. Yes. Um, so <laughs> a little bit. I guess uh, do you guys want to do trivia? Maybe a one round of trivia? Sure. Just to uh, make things interesting. Uh, we should just assign Jordan a random movie. We since really he should. Here. Since he's not here, so he gets assigned a movie. And yeah. come, up, come up with three movies and we'll roll the dice. No, no, no. That's no. How about this? How about <laughs> it's actually a good idea. How about this? Whichever one, literal us, dice whichever one of us wins the trivia <laughs> assigns him a movie. Sure. And he has to watch because no, you're going to win. Okay, uh, just between you two then. He doesn't always win. I really? Can, I can he, say that, yes. Did sometimes. you beat me or did Jordan beat me? I think it was Jordan. Okay, yeah. Jonathan's very, very leery. He's giving me <laughs> yeah. a Yeah, because I've played this game with you before, and you dominated. <laughs> well... <laughs> I mean, I, I do I know some stuff, but I mean, I'm not. I'm, All right, that's fine. No, I'm that's fine, fine with just between you two if you want. No, we'll go okay, through. okay. Yeah, I mean, so um, I'm going to give us each one card okay. from the middle of the of the uh, card container. I'm going to turn them around so I don't see them. Give you that card. Okay. I give you this one, and I'm going to take this one. And now uh, you can ask any question from that card. And wow, like, you're you're not gonna know this. We'll go okay, good. We'll go <laughs> we'll go clockwise and uh Jonathan will start by asking I don't even know how we'll do this. So will he ask you a question? Or can we can do a buzzer system? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just do whoever knows it first sure. and graze their hand or something. Sure. Or I'll say or I'll say, I got it. Okay. <laughs> okay. 
Okay, uh, go ahead and ask your question. <laughs> he's, so, he's so happy that I'm not going to know this. In the 1988 drama Colors, Sean Penn... Directed by Dennis Hopper, you mean? That Colors? Uh, yeah. Sean Penn <laughs> is referred to... Oh, you're probably going to know this. <laughs> Sean Penn... <laughs> I've never heard of this movie. Like uh, Robert Duvall and Sean Penn. I've never heard of this. It's about gang violence uh, in L.A. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> No, keep asking because okay. I've never seen it. Jonathan, Jonathan's <laughs> oh, you've never seen it. Never seen it. Okay. Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> <laughs> Champagne is referred to as what by the South Central gang members? Can we get other options? There yeah. are what uh, options? Multiple choice? Yeah. Okay, give us to them. Give them to us. <laughs> give us to them. Give us to them. <laughs> Pac Man, Chopper, Cowboy, or Shadow. I feel like I feel like it's Pac-Man, but it might be Shadow. Which is I'll it? say Shadow. Wrong. It's Pac-Man. <laughs> <laughs> I see. I thought you were going to do this, even though you didn't see I it. I can't believe that. I thought as soon as I finished the sentence, you're going to just oh, say Pac-Man I immediately. I got. I can't believe I guessed <laughs> wrong on that. Okay. Well, no points. I guess so far. Yeah, Kevin. Okay. Let's see. Son um, of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping the same card? Yeah, yeah. Just an- okay. ask another question okay. from okay. the card. Uh, <clears throat> let's see. There's five, four questions on each card. So, Okay, let's see. Steve Martin, Dana Delaney, and Goldie Hawn appeared in what 1992 comedy? That's me buzzing in. Go on. Uh, no, wait. Oh, snap. I forgot. That's not from that year. 1992? 1992. Steve Martin and Goldie Hawn? Steve Martin, Dana Delaney, and Goldie Hawn. (laughs) Dana Delaney? Yeah. Who is that? I don't even know. uh, I know that she voiced Andrea in Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Of course you do. I was going to guess Parenthood, but that's from 89. Hmm. So I'll have to say I don't know. No clue. House Sitter. Never even heard of it. (laughs) Literally never Never heard heard of that that either. Unbelievable. Okay, here we go. What actor appeared in Birdie, Vision Quest, and Full Metal Jacket? And I will say I would know this. What is Vision Quest? It's Uh, a movie starring this actor. And I think Daryl Hannah might be in it. Is it multiple choice? No, I can give you fake multiple choice if you want. (laughs) Uh... Is it A, Harrison Ford, B, Matthew McConaughey, C, Leonardo DiCaprio, or D, Matthew Modine? Eh, Matthew Modine. <laughs> I should have picked somebody who's in Full Metal Jacket. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Like, that's Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> I was literally just looking <laughs> at the card. I was like, who else can I choose? Yeah, because like, as soon as you said Modine, I was like... Well, that's it. <laughs> of course it is. Well, you should have been quicker, bud. Uh, so that's the, uh, the mouth buzzer. Yeah, that's we need one, an actual buzzer. That's one for Jonathan. One for Jonathan, and none for us. None for us. Jonathan, it's your turn to ask. Okay, and we'll do first to two, just to make it interesting. Who who plays um, Thomas Crown psychiatrist in the nineteen ninety film The Thomas Crown Affair? Uh, Rene Russo. No. Am I wrong about that? Yes. What what year? 1999. Oh, wow. I thought Thomas Rene Russo It's multiple there. choice. I can, I can go to Oh, well, it. screw me then. I've already screwed it up. Go ahead. Give me the multiple choice. I was going to say Rene Russo, too. Rene oh, Russo's didn't, on, Rene Russo's on the list. Oh, my God. Rene, a, Rene Russo. Uh, B, Faye Dunaway. C, Lorraine Bracco. D, uh, Kathleen Turner. 
I'd say Faye Dunaway if I had to guess now, but don't, but let him guess because uh, I already guessed. So I'm gonna go with Bracco. Oh, no, Faye Dunaway. Bracco, you goof. Well, she she's plays the psychiatrist on Sopranos. Faye Dunaway. That's why they put her on. Oh, there. Right? <laughs> All right. All right, Kevin. Okay, let's see. Unbelievable. <laughs> okay, Audrey Magic Hepburn. <laughs> Audrey Hepburn was uh, transformed. I'm out Audrey Hepburn, get right out of town. No, go ahead. Because <laughs> John doesn't watch a lot of classic movies. I don't watch anything considered classic. Yeah, I, I'm or, with him. I don't either. Yeah, I, I, I okay. break, man. Uh, okay, then I'll I'll go for another one since you guys probably okay. So. We would go for these real long walks, and we were always looking for this guy named Charlie. And Forrest Gump. Damn. Yep. Yeah. That's <laughs> one for me. Too good. Yeah, it took me a second. You need like a handicap of like negative two points. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing that great. I mean, we're tied right now. Yeah. Okay, for so, long. And I got nothing. <laughs> okay, here we go. Ready? Um, what film is a remake of the 1986 thriller Manhunter and Red oh. Dragon. Oh, good oh. job. That is correct. I've seen both of those movies. I was going to, uh, yeah. There were yeah. options for that. And um, the other yeah, choices I... were The Blair Witch Project, <laughs> the, the Ring, and The Crow. <laughs> wow. So. And um, I still maintain that Manhunter is the better movie. I disagree. I've never seen it. I disagree profusely. But Red Dragon is fantastic. It is. It's a masterpiece. Okay. Brett Ratner is an unsung genius. <laughs> <laughs> No, I do love Rush Hour, though. The first Rush Hour. Oh, great. yeah. I need to watch that again. I, I do, too. I really need to rewatch it's that. It's terrific. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. All right. Me? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's see. Which one do I want to do? Okay. okay. Um, Al Pacino played Lefty Ruggiero <laughs> in what film? Damn it. I win. <laughs> I we're going to f- guess the other one anyway. I was the first to two. Um, so, okay. So, I won. You won. I won, but here's what I want to do. I don't want to have the full weight of this on me. I want you to get. The, I want you to guess this one. Okay, go ahead. The quote is, "You make me want to be a better man." As good as it gets. Damn it! Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I've seen that movie so many times. I, I used to watch it on VHS every day when I came home from school. I'm, I am such a puss, but uh, I, I, it's that's a, really a great good, movie. It's a good man. movie. It's good. Yeah. Movie. It's, it gets you know. It's like a, it's a chick flick, but it's a really good movie. Um, I, I, I would like for us to almost like collectively come up with something that Jordan should watch. Okay. Um, Bearing in mind, uh, you know, <clears throat> certain caveats that he has. I noticed that he hadn't seen Andre Rublev. Is that right? Yeah. I, I want to say it was on his want to watch. Oh, his Letterbox? watch list? Yeah. Let me double check that. Double check that. That is definitely. That's a, essential in my opinion. I agree. I quite agree. Has he seen any Tarkovsky? I don't know. It's my doubt. Let's indeed. Well, I think if we're going to start him off with Tarkovsky, I think it's got to be Stalker. I, I yeah, I feel I like agree. he may have seen Stalker. Okay. I'll tell you what. Let's do this. Let's say for right now, since we don't have him, his 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 recommendation is he has to watch Stalker. Cool. But if he's seen Stalker, he needs to watch Andrei Rublev. Okay. Okay. Does that sound solid to you, Jonathan? Sounds good. Okay. Cool. That sounds good to me. Then that's going to be our show. Um, thanks for listening. Uh, next time on our show, which we'll be recording Monday, hopefully, unless 
all hell breaks loose again and we have to push it back 18 times. That's right. Uh, we'll be reviewing the new Blade Runner film, Blade Runner 2049, directed by Denis Villeneuve and starring Harrison Ford and Ryan Gosling. And uh, Jordan will hopefully be back with us to discuss uh, his thoughts on Point Break. Um, again, you can get in touch with us by writing us an email at feedback at filmyakpodcast.com or you can write to us on our Facebook page, just Film Yak. Uh, subscribe to us. Subscribe to our show. Subscribe. Subscribe to us our, our show on uh, iTunes or Google Play or Overcast or other things that let you listen to podcasts. Uh, thank you, Jonathan, very much for, for coming no in problem. last second yeah, and for uh, me. filling in. It was great. And uh, I hope that you will continue to listen, uh, not just you, Jonathan, but everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, thanks a lot. So is that, is that it? Uh, say goodbye, Jordan. That was great, thanks. Jordan. What a beautiful yeah. sentiment to leave the show on. Fantastic. Uh, it was just poetic, yeah. man. Absolutely. Bye-bye. Making the body such I remember, I remember Making the body such